What's up, everybody? Thanks for pressing play today. In today's episode of Nerd Nostalgia, you're going to catch me and Trey and a special guest. You might have seen it in the title. We are joined by Meg McDonald, a voice actress in the anime game. And so this interview is basically about her career, the anime industry, how to become a voice actor or voice actress, and really just going over the anime industry. Guys, before we jump into everything, I want to make sure that y'all know to go ahead and follow us on Instagram at nerd.nostalgia. Follow us on Facebook at Nerd Nostalgia Podcast, on YouTube at Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. Drop a comment, send us a DM. We love hearing from you. If you're an artist of some kind and you have nerd artwork, please, we love to showcase that kind of stuff. Also, if you already haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and drop a review and a like and give us the old five stars. Also, follow Meg. Here she is. Follow me on Twitter. I'm not that active, but I really try. It would be Margaret McD underscore VA. So M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T M-C-D underscore V-A. Um, and that would be my Twitter handle. I also have a Facebook page um, and it would be Margaret McDonald Voice Actress. Uh, please go ahead and give me a follow, message me if you want to talk to me about anything in particular. And if you have any particular questions, please message me. I will 100% respond. All right, guys, before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. I'm Miho Nishizumi, and this is Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And thanks for stopping by, Panzer Vore. Oh, <laughs> and fuck you, Brian, with an I. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. First order of business today, and please uh, say in the comments what you want to be called. Uh, what is it? Nerdites or nerd holes or nostalgets or nostalgians? Nostalgics. 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 I like that. That was good. Hey, who was that voice? Who was that? <laughs> Brian, did your voice drop a few decibels there? A few pitch oh, points? I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I didn't get it at first. Uh, no. No, that is that is not Brian. Brian is uh, taking a break today. Uh, so you have Trey, Irvin, and our very super special guest that I'm excited to announce. We have Margaret McDonald in the studio. Ah, uh, yes. With us. Absolutely. <laughs> Hi, Meg. How's it going? Hi, it's going great. I'm really excited to be here. Haven't been on a podcast in a while, so I'm really happy to be here. Well, thank you for coming. I know we're super excited. I've told a lot of people about this, and they're excited to actually to hear this this episode, so I'm, I'm super pumped for it. We blew off so many other guests. <laughs> we did. In order to get you here, um, what is it? Uh, our apologies to Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Kylo Ren, we, we wanted to have you, bro, but, you know, just the way scheduling stuff is working out, like, but, sorry. But don't go and get moody <laughs> and burn something with your stupid lightsaber. Absolutely. <laughs> Margaret McDonald, a.k.a. Meg, do you want me to call you Margaret by your professional government name, or do you want me to... 
to just straight up say Meg, you Marge, know, Maggie, Mags. Honestly, at this point, I answer to just about everything because I'm an actor. You can say, hey, you, and I'll be like, yes. Yes, yes, oh, me. Absolutely, that is me. Um, but Meg is fine. Margaret's fine. It's whatever you want to call me. Okay, fair enough. We'll, just, we'll go with Meg. I mean, that's nice and easy, short, simple. It's uh, why I chose it, because I knew in kindergarten I'd have to write it a lot. And my mom was <laughs> like, this, ain't, this name is easier. So, And I was like, okay, mom. Makes sense. Funny story. One time she told me she was going to change my name to May, and I cried. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> no, no. Like, it was... It was a huge deal. Everybody has one of those, like, uh, like growing up, like, oh, we're going to change your name or this isn't your name uh, stories. I know I have one uh, with my sister. She actually didn't know how to. So her name is Mercy, spelled M-E-R-C-I. Very strange name for Hispanic. I may just throw that out there. But my mom, that's what she named her. Well, my sister thought that it was M-E-R-C-Y, literally up till the age of 12, she is seven years older than me, and so at age five, I discovered what sarcasm was and what uh, insults, like like a comeback was. So she said something, pissed me off, and I turned back around while I was like, well, at least it didn't take me 12 years to learn how to spell my name. Oh. And my older brother was like, oh, just lost their shit, and I still to this day remember that. I was five years old. Mercy, shout out. I hope you remember that. <laughs> No one, uh, no one. Epic burn. But okay, so let's introduce our, our, our guest. Meg is a voice actress on several things that you may have seen. Uh, Meg, please give us some of those that uh, that you've been a part of. So first I'll throw out the list of the ones that are on Toonami since they're the, the more well-known ones. Uh, I have been in Akami Got Kill, Parasite the Maxim, Dr. Stone. Um, I have also been in uh, Citrus from Funimation. Um, I'm also Miho Nishizumi in Girls in Panzer. And I play Rika Takanashi in Love Chinubio in Other Delusions. I have a... a, a Big long list, but I don't want to like list them all off. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. So you can go Google it, I guess. IMDb her. I IMDb. It's me. legit, guys. Oh, also Seven Seeds. Seven Seeds on Netflix. We actually Seven Seeds uh, on Netflix. we've been watching that um, in preparation to kind of chat about it and stuff. Really good, really, really good. Actually, one of the guys uh, and shout out to you, John, that I game with. He actually was like, "Oh, I've seen it on my queue, like as like a suggestion." He's like, but I haven't gotten into it. And because I was like, hey, we're going to have this voice actress on, on our show. He's like, oh, dude, that's dope. He's like, I've seen, like, it's on my queue. He's like, I just haven't checked it out. And he's super big into anime and stuff, too. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, man, check it out. It's actually really good, really good story. It has a great story. I like it a lot. Yeah, the the first half of the, the season, the first 13 episodes are, are really crammed in there. And you get introduced to a lot of characters. But from what I've been told, it slows down more mm -hmm. and uh, delves more into the, the individual characters more. Yep. So there's that to look forward to. Yeah. Season two, I think, I saw was, is, is coming out, I think, like March 26th or something like that. Oh. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I, I only know that I sign these things that say I'm not supposed to talk about them <laughs> until a certain date. And then I just have to wait until that date and maybe I can talk about it then. Well, <laughs> I've never signed that shit. So F you. That shit's coming out March 26th. There you go. Look it up on Netflix, motherfuckers. Well, let's get to know our host a little, or our, our guest host here, Trey. What do you think? Uh, yeah. So the, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, first question is... How did you get into it? I got into voiceover. Um, actually, I was into anime when I was younger. Like I, and I was I was mostly mostly into it. 
Like, I had watched Sailor Moon when I was younger. I had watched a little bit of Pokemon. I wasn't that into Pokemon when I was younger. I liked the game what aspect. What is wrong with you? I know. I liked the game aspect, but not necessarily the the episodes. Because I, depending on when I got home from school, I couldn't keep... It was very episodic. We, we, um, we, we, we we've discussed about, this. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about this, that, that getting into anime, was, especially at a younger age, and for someone in our age group, let's right. say... Right. Or, or late 20s to even late 30s. So yeah. if you're in that age group, there was a lot of contributing factors to one, what shows you got into, two, if you got into anime at all, right. or you just stuck with normal like programming. Case in point, my wife, who can't right. understand what the hubbub is about. But, so you know, like so. the thing that I remember some of the, like, the most vividly of when I was younger is I remember Sailor Moon was on and I was either in like third, fourth, or fifth grade. It was somewhere in there. But um, if my sister didn't hustle out of school, I would miss because Sailor Moon started at 3.30 and Dragon Ball started at 4 on the WB. So if my sister dawdled, I wouldn't be able to get to watch the episodes. And because they didn't do it once a week, there were new episodes every day. If you missed an episode, you were just SOL. This was before like TiVo and recording and DVRs and all that stuff. Like, don't don't date us like that. Oh, have to, bro. Guess what? Guess what? All you all you you millennial punks. Just kidding, I'm a millennial, but what? What? I don't even know. I guess they're Gen Y. Yeah, all you little Gen Yers. I'm all about Gen Y. They're all about taking apart the establishment, and I'm like, cool. We started that. We started questioning it. Yeah, we started, but then we were like, uh, like we don't care. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. They're taking up the mantle, and I'm I'm down with it. That's fair. But yeah, so when I was younger, I was kind of into it, but it was really hard to get into it because of that. But when I was in high school, I had a lot of friends who were really into anime, Mm -hmm. but they were into anime the way that like no dubs, like subs only. We could only watch this, this, and this. Um, They they were purist in a sense, but they only considered certain anime as worthy of watching. So, like, we watched Gundam, we watched specific titles, but, like, there were no Slice of Life, there was no, like, there was a couple shoujo that we watched, but, like, in our anime club, it was very cliquish in regards to what anime we watched. So, like, I kind of liked it. And the first time I really got back into it was when I was in college and I watched Toonami and I saw Blood Plus. And I was like, this is one that's geared towards around my age group and it's not edited to be towards my age group like Sailor Moon was mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoyed it so that was the first one I really really enjoyed that was the first one that really got me back into it because I had watched Trigun I had watched Cowboy Bebop back, back in high school but at the end of the day like I had watched the quote-unquote popular anime and as in college that's when I started delving into the the illegal streaming sites because there were no legal ones yet even Crunchyroll started out as a non-legal service. Really? Wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that. It originally started, and when they realized how it was affecting the industry, they were one of the only pages to man up and license stuff. And Nice. It, they were they really led the charge on that. That's and super interesting. I didn't know that. Like they, I actually just found out about, again, I'm like an anime novice at best, right. I would call it. These guys are a little bit more versed than I am. And I just found out about Crunchyroll. 
through them a few months back and they told me what it was. I was like, oh cool, I didn't know that that was a thing. I came, so I have like this entrepreneur mind. I'm always like trying to come up with like a, a billion dollar idea and mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll spit stuff out. I was like, dude, there should be a streaming service of just anime. They're like, yeah, dude, that's Crunchyroll. Yeah, that exists. Yeah, I was and like, practically uh, Hulu. Like, uh, yeah, at this yeah. point. Hulu carries so much anime. Yeah. Nobody acknowledges it and like it hurts my feelings. Well, I, <laughs> so I acknowledged it, but like last week. Like right. literally yeah. went through just all there, there's, the, I, so much. We there's went, hundreds, I would say. Oh, easy, hundreds. Easily easy. hundreds. Like it was, it, I was, he showed us today, guys, and I was just blown away about how many titles are on there. A lot of stuff that I've watched too, I, I might add, you know, I'm, I'm a novice, so there's a few things on there, but a lot of, lot of different titles. But Meg, yeah, yeah, back, let's, let's, uh, back, back to you. The, uh, how did, how did you start? In anime, you know, you you started watching it as a kid, grew up, so mm-hmm. you you were, you had a passion to it. Oh, absolutely! And I I have always enjoyed cartoons. Like uh, I've always enjoyed Looney Tunes. I've always enjoyed Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always enjoyed um, cartoons in general. Disney anything um when it the the vocal work involved in it i was always very fascinated by it and i thought it was really cool especially accents and doing different works and how one person can sound like so many other different things give us your best accent right now uh what kind of like what i don't know do? what's uh anything give me a uh um well this one is um australian and uh down under they talk a, it's a little like cockney but they have their oohs and o's just a little different. Okay. Um, and then there's Cockney, which is just really right up here in the mouth and yeah. in the nasal area. Nice. Um, there is also French, which is um, a little bit back in the throat, and uh, you really lean into the Z's in V's uh, and Z. Um, you also say M instead of um. Uh, that's one of the big things about M. it. M. M. In so, you will go around and talk in a French accent, and you know. Nice. Who knows what's gonna happen then? I will French. randomly be at home and like I this I know I'm crazy. Everybody, I'll fucking oh. just start throwing out an accent, and it's just awful. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Russian is always very <laughs> good. The Slavic accents are always really fun. Eastern European. Oh yeah. But, oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's like Borat. It's like Borat, but it also is like a deep. Like I really like Zarya, uh, Zarya's accent in Overwatch. Her her Russian act. The Russian accent for that is just so so perfect. I absolutely adore it. And I'm not a perfectionist on accents in any way shape or form like i have general knowledge about certain things and there are certain ones that i specialize in but accents some of the hardest thing you can go into because you have to be so specific because there are just so many different types even in england the amount of different accents there are is insane like liverpool is different than manchester manchester i mean that's kind of like the u.s too when you think about it like right you got a texan accent is going to be which is southern is but be way Southern Bell is way different than than like somebody from South and North Carolina, Georgia or Peach. even somebody from like Louisiana, for example. You know, like those accents are going to vary like yeah. significantly across like, the board. I would say one of the hardest accents is Cajun accent, like those Cajun accents where it's like super, like down on the bio. Like those are very difficult, and it's it's amazing how difficult it can be. I also think Jamaican accents are very difficult, and I won't even try. Why not, man? 
no, I, I am so bad. Like, there are just specific <laughs> accents that I'm just really bad at. And oh. I, 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 there are a couple accents that I just, mm, I will never try and get it. Um, but yeah, because I was, uh, I was into all of these anime titles, um, but I never thought that I would be able to get into the actual industry because it is, because it is known for notoriously like being so difficult to break into. Voice acting is very difficult. Voiceover in general is very hard because at the end of the day, if you've studied to become an actor... You have this toolbox where it's you use your face, your um, like your posture, the way you walk, the way you you gesture, the way you stand. All of that contributes into acting. And voice acting is a distilled, very, very distilled form of acting, which is just your voice. And the thing that makes it even harder is that with anime, it's already animated. I can't change anything of what it's already been doing. Yeah, you're, um, you're rea- it's, a, it's like reactive almost. If it's a prelay, like um, most American cartoons are prelay, mm-hmm. so the actors go in and they do they do their lines and their takes and they decide what's going to be in the episode and then they animate it. So like they'll have like the general people walking around, but you can ad lib um, depending on what you're doing. Like I know it's Rick and good. Morty is well known for ad libbing. Oh yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Right, the so burping, right, supposedly. I fucking loved Rick and Morty. Like, binge the shit sat, out of it. He sat yeah. on my couch and ate and watched it all day. What yeah. is your favorite episode of the newest season? I have watched the newest season. Yeah, because <gasps> yeah. it's not out on Hulu or whatever yet. So, See, um, is it good? I is it am good? It looks a big like old good. nerd, and uh, I broke into my parents' house, and <laughs> I set it there. <laughs> it's not breaking into their house if, if they, lo- if they love you. It's if they fine. love you. They if love they love me. you. I have a key that I know that they hid somewhere. Right. And so I recorded all the new episodes. There you go. Um, just let me know when you get to Snake Jazz, okay? I got it. Oh cool. my god, I'm so excited now. There are so like I I definitely stood in line for about like four hours for when the Rick and Morty bus, the the Rickmobile came by Elmo Draft House a nice. few years back, um, and I got some of the collectible merchandise from there. So I oh, have like dope. a little um, spaceship. Um, I have the Meesig box, and basically we have a Meesig box too. So the one where no, he goes we have like the, the, the we have the it's the uh, board game. Oh, nice. Okay, so the box that I have it plugs into the wall, and you know those um, big display like uh, air flappy tube guys yeah, that yeah, people yeah, the, do like the car sale guys, yeah, 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 right for at, like they're at. It's basically that, but it's a Meeseeks, and you turn it on, and it does that, and it's it's great. It's absolutely fabulous. I promise I will chug both of these. I am dual-wielding <laughs> dual um, some nice. apple cider right now. Um, I'm working on it, and they're looking at me disappointed because I am dual-wielding instead of just chugging one. But, you know, sometimes I like a little lukewarm one. Sometimes I like a nice cold it's, one. It's, there you go. Well, it's because Angus Mathis that we make more of town. Yeah. That's why I- it's cool. I got I've got two coasters now. Two coasters. It's like dual sheets. <laughs> it's not like y'all use this thing for any, this table for anything, anyways. But you uh, know, podcasting. Shh. Podcasting is exactly yeah. what it's used for. You have friends that come over. So, no, you don't. <laughs> I am the only friend y'all have that comes over. Ah, uh, it's funny that you that you just went through this this topic, right? That it's so different from American cartoons. Like, if you want to do American cartoons, you have to go to L.A. You just okay. have to. 
there's there's so there's no ad libbing in anime then it's boom you literally have to say Um, this this way and that's that was one of your questions right Trey so yes well kind um, of but it was the freedom yeah well well, what I was it stemmed from the seven seeds not having the yeah matching so we'll we'll go I guess you can kind of cut this to whatever you want yeah no um, but uh, this is the thing that I noticed in so, and I know this to be true from old school mm-hmm. sub stubs. The battle. Yeah. The yeah. never well, ending feud well, between well, well, light yeah. and darkness. Also, no, subs and dubs, but who is what? But there's. So, like, let, let's say something like a, an anime from like the mid 90s. Let's just pick Gundam Wing, for example. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, watching the show. In dub, so like this would have been nineties dub, like mm-hmm. tsunami dub, right? Right. Um, with subtitles. Yes. It matches pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so that what that makes me think is that it was the same script that the sub was then dubbed from that script from the subtitles, right? But with, for example, Seven Seeds, we see that the sub is completely well I say completely it's like slightly off right so I can explain this fairly well for you and pretty concisely nowadays we it's not necessarily a direct translation it's an it's a localization okay thing and the reason we don't do direct translation is because if we do a direct translation we either end up short of the mouth flaps or over on the mouth flaps so we have to readjust so when you're looking at the screen um, and you're, you're recording. And this is just about every studio. Everybody varies, but basically you'll have a screen and on one part of the screen, you'll have the script. On the other side of the screen, you will have uh, the, the visual. You have your headphones on and in one ear, you'll hear the English voice actors who have been laid in. And in the other ear, you will hear the Japanese track. So when you're recording, you're trying to match up the line and how your mouth moves with the the lip flaps on the actual screen. So if we want to do a direct translation and it doesn't fit, we can't do it. We can't. There's it because then it looks like Speed Racer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Nice. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Right. Good call back on that. That's that's really what it ends up looking like. And it ends up being a big problem because people get really upset. They're all like, why don't you stay true to the original? And there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. So the thing that has been happening more and more often is that there are two sets of captions. There's one for... Um, direct translation. Direct, like direct like, translation. And there's one that is basically for anybody who is deaf or um, isn't... Uh, Hearing impaired in some way. Right. Uh, I guess has some sort of hearing. I don't want to say impaired, but there's, there is, they're not hearing um, is what it comes down to. Um, And I know a number of people can't can't watch subs because they're dyslexic. They're so severely dyslexic that they can't. So when it comes down to this dub sub argument, you're arguing against somebody who cannot watch it another way in some aspect. Right. And uh, I feel like a lot of people don't get that. But when it comes to localization, dubs are really for people who won't go out of their way to watch the subtitled version. There are people who will not watch it if it's subtitled. 
Yeah. Whether I'm pointing heavily. I'm 100%. I'm not motherfuckers, I read enough at work. I read enough, you know, and just on a on a luxury no, basis like as a hobby. It's I'm not trying to fucking you, read. You know, every, It also takes away from the scene like for me like it, I'm not going to like read and then I have to look up and then embrace everything. I can embrace everything and just listen. I I 100% understand every argument cuz the thing I is, is I I at me motherfuckers, at me. Fight me. What's right? up? Don't at me. Don't at me. Hashtag Ned so I, I absolutely loved subs and I for a long time was like a sub purist and it took me and it was before I actually got into voice acting that I started accepting dubs. Um, but it was when I ran into a friend and I was like, uh, you're watching this dubbed. And she straight up looked at me and she was like, my older cousin can't read and just, well, cause the thing is, is I said it when he, I, I, I had said it cause he was going to watch anime with us. And he had, he did have some sort of like, he was on the spectrum, but yeah. I didn't realize and when I said it, it was an off comment and her mom left the room and I didn't realize how much of a issue that it was because I, I, you know, just, to me, that's, that's where everybody, yeah. you know, like everybody gave each other crap for that. So I was like, uh, gross. And then she just stared at me and she was like, do you want him to be able to watch with us or no? And I was like, no, I, I didn't. I didn't mean that. I'm really sorry. I. I'm so used to people just watching, and I I didn't know what to do. I felt so uncomfortable. I felt so out of what. I just, what do you do in that situation? And because I was younger, I was like in college, like I was in my first couple of years of college. Yeah. Like so, first couple of years of college are notorious for being like your first, like trying to find yourself and trying to fit in like really well. So like that really affected me because I had never considered that anybody with some sort of you know. I guess, do they... Yeah. Disability, would you put it at that point? Uh, yeah, mm. I mean, just difficulty Handicap, no. Right. Just difficulty reading, difficulty listening. It'd it have, to be, it'd have yeah, to be disability. It'd have to be like... But it's... Uh, no, but that makes... I mean, that makes perfect sense, and I never thought about it that right. way. Right, I had never thought about it that way, and but that I was never, the first time it really slapped right. me in the face. But I, but I really had never cared one way or the other. Now, right. I will find myself now, and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier that like if I'm watching something I actually have it dubbed Mm -hmm. so I can listen to it but I also have it on subtitles because one I may be focusing on something with a child like Mm -hmm. with one of my children like doing something but I can hear it in the background Mm -hmm. but then my child may be screaming so I can't hear the television so I'm actually reading it so I switch back and forth and which so doing with seven seasons and and this may be just the way that Netflix had, has done it or whatever mm-hmm. it is I think a more true translation because I saw Big Sister Big Brother yes a lot more um, than what was actually spoken so the standard on Netflix usually is it's the direct translation mm-hmm. and um, everything that is dubbed is dubbed because honestly they're not usually that different there are some things that kind of come out but if you watch it all together you see what the general meaning behind of it it is supposed to be yeah there was i think it was like and i I feel like and maybe that's it just was a coincidence but i think it feels like that the majority of the things that i noticed were different Mm -hmm. were one the big sister big brother thing happened a lot 
Because I feel like it's more of a formal, just like a dress, like a formal dress. They'll also do it in um, instances where Western culture is different than... That makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. Asian culture. And then there was... Uh, the Case in point. Um, was another where, one. in Seven Seeds, where, I don't remember their specific names, the guy slaps that lady on the butt. Mm-hmm. While she's crawling up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the English version, she straight up like turns around. She's like, you want me to cut that off? And the other one in, in, in Japanese, she says, we don't have time for that. Like, it's completely different. Because in, in America, we are very much in this movement of the Me Too movement. Uh, consent is, is important. And Rape we, is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we got that. Yeah, so like it's very important, and like it's still bad in Japan too. But there is also um, in their culture, ignoring something and not letting them get a rise out of you is considered the more mature right. aspect of it. Gotcha. Um, while while here, if you don't address it, you're considered to be aiding the problem, like mm-hmm. uh, you know enabling them yeah, yeah so yeah. it's it's one of those situations and i can say that that really came up in the dub of citrus um citrus is an lgbt anime um that funimation has released and uh that funimation licensed pardon me um and there were a couple scenes that just didn't translate well and when we when the director kristen mcguire went back and looked into the, the the manga and read through a bunch of things, she realized what wasn't being translated in the language because there are nuances of the Japanese language that even if you get the direct translation, you're not picking up on the subtle undertones of it. Right. When we translated it, we changed specific scenes and made it more appropriate for an American audience and you understood it better. Like there is a scene in the first episode that I'll even point out, and watching it in Japanese makes you uncomfortable. Watching it in English, you understand what's going on. Because in the Japanese, it seems like one of the girls is taking advantage of the other. And in the English, this girl is doing what she literally thinks is true. Hmm. Like she thinks she's teaching a lesson rather than it being something. And it's it's insane the way that these these kind of changes happen. And you can tell that that was the intent of the Japanese to come through, but because we can't hear the cadence and the undertones and even the mannerisms of Japanese culture, we don't get to pick up all that. We're, we can't pick up on it. Yeah. Right. Like even somebody even who Japanese, is fluent in Japanese. They're not going to. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If it's not something that even they Even like, like a Japanese American wouldn't for. be able to pick up on it just because they could have grown up here. They speak, you know, their parents, his right. parents are Japanese. He's just not going to have that because he is more American than he is Japanese and right. didn't grow up in their society and culture. That makes sense. The cultural differences are a big deal, and we have to address that within the dubbing community. Um, another thing that, that really comes down on people, on, on actors in particular, is that actors will get destroyed by sub-only fans yeah. for things that are not in their power at all. Yeah, They'll be like, oh, I can't believe they said this line this way. At the end of the day, it's the director's call. You're you're almost a tool. You're just there for your voice, basically. Which kind of brings me up to, to one of the questions that we had for you was, um, and I'm totally blanking out on it well, right I now. Was, mine was, so that being said, what was your first audition line? 
My first audition. Okay, so this is actually how I got into the industry. So I had been going to like anime nights and stuff and I still never thought I could be an actor. I, I really didn't. I was friends with somebody who was a director and I still never thought I could be a voice actor. Like, because I don't expect that from my friends. Yeah. That's like me coming into your job and acting like I know everything about podcasts. I don't. Yeah. I'm an actor. I've been trained in a certain field and it's the same way, same reason why I don't dye my hair or cut my hair. Because guess what? I didn't study that. I'm not going to pretend like I know how that works. Yes, you put this bottle on for this long, but do I know that's really the best for my hair? You could read instructions, but but you did, but I mean, you kind of have like a background, in, not necessarily in, in, in voice acting. You have it in theater, right? I have so it in theater. You, like, I personally could not go into it because I don't have that background, right? Right. I have zero background. There's no theater. There's nothing. Like, I barely even even know anime, right? Um, so I get your point there. But you did have a little bit of background. Like, you, you yeah. did know theater um, and stuff. Absolutely. Continue your point. Right. I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I, I absolutely have a background in theater. I have a degree in theater. I've been doing theater for years. And even with all that, I still didn't think getting into the voice acting industry was possible was possible because it is so very difficult to get in but now you're in it girl what up right um and the way i got in it was one i had my friend who was a director mm -hmm. and i had worked on a project he was a fight choreographer his name is christopher Ayers. christopher Ayers, shout out oh yeah he just uh he's recovering from a double double lung transplant so get well soon chris absolutely absolutely he uh he's the voice of frieza that's probably Oh, are you fucking kidding me oh my god get well soon fucking lord frieza oh my god okay these saiyans these these monkeys we need you we need you lord frieza he's absolutely he's a doll he's a wonderful person um i absolutely adore him and all he does and uh he um i would he was a fight choreographer and i was working at a school where we were doing uh, Macbeth and we needed a fight choreographer. And my, my director was really pushing back on me saying that we didn't. And I was like, look, we're a high school. We have to have one. These boys are going yeah, to kill each other. Yeah, actually fight each other. So um, I asked if we could bring Chris in. And so we did. And so I worked with Chris for, for a number of months and we worked together for, for a while. And I still didn't even get my, my first role for him from until years later. Mm. But um, my teacher... At school, Justin Doran. Shout out Justin Doran. He played Aramaki in Seven Seeds. Oh. Baseball guy. Baseball guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that was the easiest way to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Lots of dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> he, he, was, he was the dog guy or was he the, because there was technically two baseball guys, right? Yes. Okay, so he's the dog dog, dog baseball guy he for those that have seen Winter. that. Okay, yes. okay, team went to there. We go. Okay, okay. Uh, he's he is a great I'm actor artist. Remembering their names when when it's Japanese, I'm like fuck. I'm like I don't. Oh no, I I 100% understand that. Like also, me. there were so many characters listed in the first 13 episodes of it's, Seven it's Seeds lot, that yeah, it's yeah. A, that it is very it's difficult. It's a lot. It's a um, lot. But yes, the guy Continue, with, yes. with the dogs. The guy um, with the dogs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He uh, was in a number of different anime. And for, I was in one of his classes in college. And he was, he said to us, you know, for your midterm, we are all going to have a professional audition at this studio. Um, he had worked out a deal with this, this uh, director that he would bring in all of his students and see how they tested in a professional environment auditioning. And... 
if they found anybody that they really liked, they could call him and he would make sure that they would attend their sessions. And I was the one called. So I was going to say, I was like, so it did not go well for you is what you're telling me. Oh, absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. It went, it went well. Uh, I used a, a, a stupid trick that I had learned. Um, he had mentioned it in passing a lot, like at the very, fir- in like one of the very first classes and I did it. And as soon as I did it, he locked eyes with me. And he like He's just like, gave me what? gave me a nod of like Well done, oh. young Padawan. Well done. Well, no, because the thing is, is I was given this they they gave me the line and they told me about the character and it was supposed to be like super robotic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I did it the exact opposite. And my teacher snapped his head and like glared at me. And then I and he was like, Oh, can you try it one more time? Just a little more like this. And then I did it. And then he stared at me and he went, Oh. And he like nodded his head because he knew what I was doing. I was showing that I could run the gamut. Hey, there you go. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, you were showing him, oh, I could I could do it this spectrum. And I could also do it in this spectrum. There's and so a you gave them to two. auditioning. That is there amazing. Is a to I like that. Um, there is an absolute science to auditioning in regards to when you submit, of when you get it. Like if you don't get the email immediately and submit it immediately, a lot of people will say to wait until the last day and then submit because they're just going to get a swarm of emails at the front. They kind of pay attention to the ones in the middle, and then they pay attention to the swarm of entries at the end, so, mm, especially when they're, they're submissions. Like Boom. That. We, one of the other questions we had was, hey, give us a little tip, you know, about yeah, no, uh, about the voice acting game. Okay, there you go. There's it's, a tip for you folks that if that if that if this is an aspiration for you, that you can uh, take to heart. I would say the biggest hint, though, is read aloud. If you want to be a voice actor in general, practice reading aloud. That's it. Oh, um, so I read children's stories. <laughs> that's exactly. Every night. That's exactly so, okay, what you need so, to do. So one thing that, and this is this is tooting our own horn here, and uh, people have told us that Trey and I have have good voices, like it carries over well into it. So we're like over here, just well, big heads. Maybe, maybe me. Yeah, <laughs> bitch. They told me to. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so would you say that that is one thing that you wish you would have known prior to starting like your career that you would have done? Or, or is there something else that... There are a couple things I'd wish I would have known. One of the big ones is how the sub-only fans will come after you in such an aggressive manner. I get... I, they at me on Twitter and yeah. will point out what they think is wrong. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I can't respond to it. Yeah. I, I can't even pretend that I Fuck, saw Fuck, I would it. respond to all of them. Just right? for fun. Just for fun. It's so, it's, it's so difficult because you get... You get these people coming at you and you can't really defend yourself, honestly, because at the end of the day, like, it looks like you're throwing the director under the bus then. Yeah. But I don't get to decide which takes that I do are kept. Um, And as a director, you know, their vision is the goal, not somebody who is watching the sub anyway. Right. Yeah. It it just. That's still the age old question. Subs and dubs. Well, I mean, again, and I think you've really broadened my perception of like how it not necessarily came about, but like I understand that dubbing it and Mm -hmm. especially like in the early versions of dubs and everything was just to bring it to a wider audience. Right. Right. And especially for children, like if there are shows that are geared towards children, but Mm -hmm. now we've gotten to the point where anime is global. Right. And there are, you know, we discussed it earlier today that there's just so many different genres of anime and so many different directions that it's taken. Some geared towards adults and some geared towards children and whatever those may be. 
the ones geared towards children, I think, are what a lot of us are introduced for introduced to first, being you know Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, things of that nature. But then you really understand, right? Okay, these are adult shows for adults. That these people should be cool, just doing sub, which is again in the first adult uh, shows or anime shows that I watched. I did watch them in sub. Mm-hmm. But then it makes so much more sense now, like with you saying that, it's like, well, not everyone can for whatever reason, right? Maybe. Right. Uh, so a dub of that show is definitely needed. Yeah. And 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 even required. For, I for to bring it to everybody. I have a friend. She's a cosplayer, and she likes to watch anime while she works. Let's give her a quick shout out. What's her name? Uh, she's known as All Roads Home. All Roads Home. All right, I'm, we're gonna look her up real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, she has an amazing ED cosplay, Ooh. and she is absolutely fabulous. She's a wonderful human being. She's the one that she's my travel companion when I go to Japan. Okay, okay, so yeah, like, you mentioned her. Okay. She's absolutely. She's just a blast to be with, and she likes to work on whether it be cosplay or if she's working on a diorama like a Gundam diorama or something like that um she likes to be able to I like her yeah no she's great she she's won a number of awards uh she's president of the Texas Gundam Club Trey I Um, think they're accepting applications I don't know if I'm up to par for the uh, Gundam Club oh my goodness what are you gonna do Uh, well no what I'm saying is like there's so much out there there's so much Gundam out there there is I've watched original mobile suit wing her favorite is unicorn by far. Okay, so Trey loves unicorns Love in general. <laughs> That's actually the the new um, full size Gundam that they have in Tokyo now. Got it. They mm. took down the original and now they have uh, the Gundam unicorn up now. Gotcha. Interesting. So that leads me. So you mentioned Japan. Yes. So that leads me to my next question, which is, where do you record when you are recording? And then how often it or let's she she mentioned this earlier, but not 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 on the podcast. So I'm I know the answer, but but See, continue. That's what I said. I did, save, save it for the podcast. podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell you every week. I'm gonna I'm gonna add Jake Hurwitz <laughs> on that one. Save it for the short rest. Yeah, go ahead. So what it comes down to is that if you want to be in the anime industry, you're gonna have to be in there's some that are in New York. But the big industries are going to be Houston, Dallas, Get out, and okay. L.A. No way. Houston. Sentai, Sentai Filmworks is based in Houston. Hell yeah. Um, it's cheap rent down here. Yeah. Heck yeah, it is. Um, it's also where ADV started. So the original dub of Neon, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Genesis, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, not the Netflix dub. It was the older one. Hmm. That's where ADV started here as well. Um, they went under, and now Sentai is who runs the Houston area. Um, and then Funimation runs Dallas. But it, those are the places that you want to be. You want to be there in either Houston, Dallas, or L.A. So when, it's funny, whenever I originally, uh, you know, we reached out. We reached out on Facebook, right? And um, via because, yeah, go ahead. Spoiler alert. We went to elementary school together. Yay! <laughs> Don't tell everybody our Yeah. <laughs> I was curious at one point. I was like, man, I was like, is she even local? Like, just like when we first started communicating and like, hey, you know, we would love to have you on the podcast and and talk about your the career. The studio's actually not everything. far from here at all. Get out of here. That's so funny. I did. I 
both Trey and I were just like super curious about it. And even Brian too. I'm not supposed to say where it is, but I can tell you it's pretty close to here. Okay. Super interesting. Also, y'all don't know where here is. So unless <laughs> you personally know us, then maybe you'll know, but that's super cool. I did not know that the, that the industry mm-hmm. was here, which that's not something that Houston is known for. Right. Yeah. Obviously. So food wars was dubbed in Houston. Mm-hmm. A comic got killed was dubbed in Houston. Parasite. The Maxim was dubbed in Houston. No game. No life was dubbed in Houston. Um, there's a, Girls and Ponzer obviously was dubbed in Houston. Okay, so another tip, if you're trying to get in the game, in the voice acting game, specifically anime, um, even just voice acting in general, would you say? Is- well, voice acting in general, you do really need to go to where the people are. Yeah. And granted, you're going to get a lot of local commercials from wherever you are. Mm-hmm. If you're doing like commercials and stuff like that. And commercials, I'm just going to be super honest with you guys, commercials pay way better than anime. <sighs> That's fair. They pay but you're way gonna love better. anime more because that's what you love. I've done I've done a couple commercials and they have outweighed how much I've gotten paid for anime by far. Uh, well, totally do that and what like do oh, both. Oh, I do both. Yeah, I do both. Hundred percent. Okay. Um, there's there's no way you can make a living on just anime alone because at some point you're gonna hit your downswing because you're gonna get cast in so much stuff that they're gonna be like, oh, this person is in too much. We need to take a break from them because we don't want to oversaturate the market. Mm. So they're going to take a break from you and you're going to feel bad as a person because they're not casting me. What did I do? Oh, I'm just going to cry about it. And I I did. Of course. Obviously. Hey, a good cry is good every once uh, in a while, you know? Man, it's a release of endorphins. (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) It was fine. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But anyways, (laughs) um, yeah, so you, you, you can't do just one thing and that's how it is in the acting industry anyway yeah uh actors learn how to do set building because they know they know that they're not always going to be able to be you know the lead performer they're, they know that they're not always going to be an extra in something they know that they're going to have to pick up slack somewhere and being as versatile as you can is the thing that will put you ahead of other people because they'll be like oh this person worked on this set this set and this set when they didn't like really have to you know, this person is obviously reliable. They've come through in a pinch. Like, we should cast this person. That kind of... Uh, like a reputation. Right. Okay. Right. That, that kind of, you know, um, commitment to whether it be theater, anime, whatever. Like, you know, that that shows through. And that's important. So that's, that's a really big thing. I also recommend 100% to get some sort of resume in theater together if you want to do voiceover. Because that just makes companies take you more seriously. Awesome, Trey. What? What? Uh. What other? I feel like we've we've just what? covered stuff without trying to cover it, without getting yeah. to. So yeah. there's a whole section that we're gonna do. We want to get to know uh, Meg McDonald and, and some of her favorite stuff. But before that, you know, we're we're gonna talk about the career. We're gonna talk about auditions and, and things of that nature. So uh, on that topic, Trey, what uh what else you got? What role are you most proud? Ooh, good one. Or most proud of, or your favorite, best experience doing. I mean, you can you you tell me what your. I absolutely love the role of Rika Takanashi from Love Chinubio and Other Delusions. She's a... repeat that one more time. What was that? Love Chinubio and Other Delusions. Okay. It is on Netflix right now. Ooh, Currently, look it up, y'all. As of March 2020, it's on Netflix. So you can watch it. Um, The reason I am so attached to her is one, she has a lot of the same mannerisms I do. 
She has a lot of um, things that she does that I do as a person as well. So she's a big nerd as well. Is she's what you're a big me. old nerd. Awesome. Big old nerd. Um, <laughs> to the point that my mom was watching it and she was like, Meg, this is weird. Like, this is weird. <laughs> why is there Why is there an you. Asian cartoon version of you on the screen right now? Right, right. So like I have this thing and I have done it to my sister for years. Like because she doesn't like to like snuggle or anything so i'll be like give me your pinky give me your pinky yeah and yeah. that's what rika does she offers her pinky that's the first thing oh. she offers her pinky and my mom was like that's weird um not to mention she also has the same birthday as me we were both born on june 12th for all you stalker fans write that down there you go june also 12th. that's probably out there in the, in hey, the, in uh, the yeah. all you stalker fans i'm sure it's on wikipedia yeah, has exactly. my birthday too <laughs> so, so it's it's funny that you mentioned that um, there's a movie. I think it already came out onward. It's either already just came out this past weekend or it's coming out this weekend. I can't remember the specific date. It's a Is Disney it the one with Pixar. The trolls? It's the trolls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's a super. I like it because it's like it it's a, it's a fan. I think it is. Okay. I know somebody, one of my friends saw it, so I'm assuming it's out. It's Tom Holland and... Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. so like... My is, favorite that... thing is the memes that have a picture of Onward and then a picture under of it, under it, and it's the Elric brothers being like, excuse me, we did this first. Yeah. <laughs> I just liked it because uh, there, there's one scene that I... So Trey hates unicorns. Really? Uh, hates unicorns. So the first thing I bought his daughter... you hate rhinos too? Right? Exactly. Do you hate rhinos? No one hates rhinos. <laughs> the first thing I bought his daughter was a stuffed unicorn. Her favorite toy is the stuffed unicorn, yes. and I buy them anytime I can. Good. Uh, she has a, a U of H one, go Cougs. Anyways, that's besides the point. But the first scene that caught my attention, it was playing out as like this fantasy world and what's going on, and there's these two unicorns digging in the trash of like what just looks like suburban life and then they start hissing at each other like raccoons i was like that is freaking hilarious i was like this caught my interest but come to find out kind of like your sister story this was written by a guy who didn't grow up with a father and his brother is his like father figure so this kind of resonates to me who my brother's played a huge role in, in raising me but it was basically a love letter to his older brother about it and i was like fuck if that doesn't hit home so yeah on on the point of you giving some of who you are and and showing that character off i i can i can completely relate to that so that's really really yeah. cool i absolutely adore rika i think she's great but i think the character that i play that the two characters that i resonate most with is one i resonate with harumin from citrus because she's just like the best friend character. Harumin is literally me as a human being. Okay. And I also really resonate with Tamako from Tamako Market because she is so invested in her family and doing what, you know, she believes is like, you know, right. And I really, I really love the family aspect that's in Tamako Market. Um, it's on High Dive if you have that, if you want to watch it. Uh, I really adore the series. I really think it's directed by Chris Ayers. It's got a wonderful cast, and I, I I think it's so underrated. It's it's just so much. It's wholesome fun. It is absolutely wholesome fun, and I I just think the world of it. I think it's a great show. That's awesome. So, we've we've danced around this topic, and, and tell me about it. I think Urban is uh, even get it said stalker. Um, we- so the the and and um, 
Meg McDonald's Wicked Eye Disciples. Oh, yes. The public group on the Facebook. Oh, I did not know about this group. This group is in is in dedication to the voice actress, Meg McDonald, who did roles such as Rika Takanashi from Love, Shinyu, and it, all I have is a screenshot because I took a screenshot. Uh, and there's there's Seymour, so this possibly could go on for days. It's a public group that was created in uh, 2016. Oh, neat. It has two members. Two whole members. <laughs> and uh, so I just was wondering, that leads me into, oh. you have any super stalkers? Um, I have only had one issue, and the anime community refers to him as the butt guy. Nice. The and butt guy. He is very well known for impersonating females in the anime community. What? Okay. Um, he will put up posts on Twitter and make accounts on Twitter and try to pretend ah, to be okay, somebody. So. Guys, my mouth is like literally open right now. I'm like, no, no it's, I'm it's shocked. it is a huge problem. Um, this guy was able to get my phone number and started texting me as. One of my co-stars who I had never met in real life. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, it's it's so-and-so from, you know, this, this studio. And I was like, oh, hey. And they started listing off all this, like, some of the stuff that they were doing. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, I got really confused because I had never talked to this person before. Honestly... Us voice actors, unless we come in right after each other, we don't meet other voice actors. Mm -hmm. We're alone sense. in the studio. We don't we don't know each other. Like as I've said, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody. Lucy Christian, I've only met a handful of times, and one of them was at a convention. I've played Genevieve Simmons' sister multiple times, and I've probably seen her in person maybe ten times. Wow. Um. But we, we don't really see each other that often. So this guy was able to like... He got my number yeah. and he started messaging me. And I started realizing something was off when he was talking about that he was really irritated because um, he had been working out and it just wasn't showing up on uh, on film because she works in film as well. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. This person wouldn't talk to me about this kind of stuff. Like I know of this person and what I know of this person doesn't match up to what's being said right here. So I messaged one, I called one of my friends and I was like, hey, I'm getting messaged by some, some number in Florida saying that it's this person. Does this person have that number, like have a number like that? Because, you know, a lot of people keep their numbers. Yeah. Um, whether they be from like, you know, New York, from LA, when they move somewhere, they keep the number. Like I, I have, I have the same number since I've had in high school. So if you still have my high school number, hey, hey. hit me up. You can you slide can, in them DMs. Yeah, slide in my DMs, and I'll be like, who are you? <laughs> and what it comes down to is that you know I, I had no idea who this person was. So I, I asked him. I was like, hey, does does this person have an area code of this? And they were like, no, no, they don't. So I had to go onto Facebook. Find them on Facebook and message them and say, hey, somebody is impersonating you and messaging me. 
and they were like, please send me all of the screenshots of your interaction so I know because they're in the they're in the media. Yeah, that's so wild. They needed to know what this person was saying. So I sent it all to them. The next day it came out that I had an impersonator on Twitter and I had to get it shut down. But Twitter doesn't really resp- like doesn't really acknowledge voice actors. Right. Because they'll well, they acknowledge American voice actors, but anybody who does Japanese voice acting, only maybe half of them are verified on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like there is an entire account on Twitter that is verified voice actors, and it's just letting you know that this is the verified voice actor account for this person. Oh wow! Um, and that's what they do. That's what the account does is make sure that you don't mistake somebody else's profile for this person. And it took me. I don't know. I had to ask all my friends to report this profile. I had to like, you know, message all of my, you know, coworkers from the studio about it and be like, hey, this person is impersonating me. Please watch out. Um, This is what they do. This is what they, this was their tactics when they were messaging me. So I blocked the number. I still have the number. And then. Can I have the number? Yeah, sure. I'll give it to you later. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. (laughs) It it got to the point where um, (laughs) this person went after, you know, the exact wrong person, Monica Rial. She plays Bulma in Dragon Ball. She's one of the most prolific voice actresses out there. Um, And I got a message from her being like, hey, do you still have that number? Do you have all the stuff? And I was so I sent it all to to her and she was able to take care of what she needed to take care of. But the fact that, like, this is still... Did she find some hard pipe-hitting motherfuckers to go and tell on this dude? Dude, I wish, man. Like, (laughs) there are some people who, like... Hashtag Pulp Fiction reference, y'all. Yeah, they go... Time to go medieval on his ass, you know? Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Um, But it's one of those situations where, like, it, it doesn't happen that often. But when it does, it affects the entire community and all of us have to band together on it. Voice actors, even though we don't know each other... Like, if we know of each other and there's an issue, like, that needs to be passed around, it does get passed around. This person is known. We know their name. We know where they are. Um, It has been reported to their family members that they have been harassing people online. Um, It's been reported to police. And uh, at the end of the day, there's only so much we can do. Hey, fans, if y'all want to take this to the streets and handle it yourself, what up? (laughs) What up? (laughs) Yeah, um, usually we don't have we don't have that many issues like that, honestly. But when we do, it it stands out because um, the anime community is very accepting. It's very it's well known for being uh, a real catch all for people who fall through the cracks, you know. And we're very understanding about you know oh you've you've gone through a lot of hardships. Like we want to be there for you. We understand. Oh, you've had problems. Like you know, you've had you've made mistakes. We understand. Let's let's continue to make ourselves better people. But when we run into these people, the 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 people who are problematic, like it's usually called out pretty quick, especially in the fans. But it there's there's tons of instances where people have had stalkers at cons and stuff like that. Um, I know people. No, I know a voice actor who was slapped across the face Get at out. an autograph signing. Get out. Um, the reason that he was able, somebody was able to get that close to him and do that was because there was another stalker incident and all the security was at the person's table who had the stalker. All the security was there. Wow. Um, so they just, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't be a voice actor if, if 
So, no, the, the quickest way to piss me off is slapping me across the face, and that just fucking dives into, like, you know, growing up shit. But um, I couldn't do it just... I couldn't be a voice actor just because of that right there. Yeah, it was... But, but on the flip side of that coin, fans... Oh, fans make my my world. Like, I, I am not where I... If I was not... If I did not have the fans that I had, I would not be where I am. Because the thing is, is fans are the ones who pick you up when you are feeling at your lowest. Like, you can be going through the worst, most crappy day in the world, and somebody will message you being like, hey, I just want to let you know that I watched this series, and your role in this made me feel so much better about whatever was going on in their life. And you feel like you have a purpose, and all of that other hatred just disappears for that moment that's fucking awesome it just disappears i actually there is a girl who works at a renaissance festival that i work at and she actually sells prints of art so she does she draws a bunch of anime characters and stuff like that i actually have one of her drawings in my car right now oh nice um that she drew of one of the characters that i voiced and she has drawn a number of the characters that i voice and just knowing she's out there creating her own art and versions of characters that people have played in her own style and stuff, just knowing that she's out there being that passionate about it just gives me so much life. Um, I, I'm going to see her tomorrow. She's, she's going to be at the festival I work at tomorrow. And uh, I gave her a figure of one of the characters I did, and I signed the base, and I gave it to her, and... Within three hours, she came back with a full, full scale, uh, a full drawing of one of the characters that I played, and she just was like, "Thank you so much for your gift. I really appreciate it." Thank you. That's awesome. And it, and it's great. Just knowing people appreciate the work you do is just it erases almost all the other stuff. So l- let me segue into into this. Then uh, you've mentioned cons, you mentioned festivals and things of that uh, nature. What would you say your favorite con is? Like right. That's when you interact with peeps. Um, yeah. Give me some of your favorite cons. Give us a con story, you know, like. All right, so oh, I've she, been people, people. Oh, she God, she God. fucking she rolled up her sleeves, rolled up her sleeves her socks off, yeah, and then yes. fucking licked her lips. Like she's like, I'm about to go into this. Let's do it. All right, guys. It. So I have attended a lot of conventions um, as a fan, as you know, as a guest, and I love conventions. I love the feeling, the vibe, and the acceptance of conventions. I love that you're able to do whatever, really whatever you want, as long as it's not like, you know, gross or crazy. Like, you know. Even I, then, I'm sure there's at least one other person yeah. that will fuck but with you. But I have had amazing time at conventions. And when the one that stands out the most to me when I was, uh, when I was going as an attendee, Dragon Con. Now that con is insane. Where is this? When is this? Atlanta Labor Day Weekend. Hotlanta Labor Day Weekend. Okay, okay. So this convention spans over three different hotels. They rent out the entire aquarium. They shut down downtown of Atlanta to have a cosplay parade. This fuck yeah. This dealer's room takes up an entire hotel. Like it, it is. I think I've heard of Dragon Con. It is huge. Yeah. It is a huge convention. Guests have to apply. They aren't invited. They have to apply, and then they pick who they want from there. Oh shit! It is intense, and I just want to stress to you that like this, like 
the badge alone is over a hundred dollars. Yeah. The hotel room will probably cost you a thousand for for the amount you're staying. Wow. And then you also have to do a plane ticket if you don't live there and mm-hmm, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much to factor in because that's not even factoring food. Or if you're doing costumes for it. Or if you're a degenerate like us and alcohol. Oh, absolutely. And of course, they don't have like the, the liquor laws in Texas. So, yeah. I mean, they're way better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, hey, you can, you know, buy alcohol on not a Sunday. Uh, yeah. Like on a Sunday. It's and God's like, day. How dare you? Oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> handle it. Oh, the other day, I was trying to go get some alcohol. And I was like, oh, no, it's Sunday. Which meant, nope. I can go yeah, buy better, beer or wine. Better go talk to Jesus. He's got some liquor or wine for you. Too it's, funny. It's, so yeah, continue, continue. So this yeah, con, Dragon insane. Con, like, so they super went, fun. Oh, it's absolutely insane, crazy. I didn't even go to any panels. I just went to parties. Yeah. Like, I, I, the only part of the convention I actually went in was the dealer's hall. And it was so jammed, packed with people and things to look at. It was amazing. Yeah. I got my first kimono at uh, uh, Dragon Con. It's amazing. Like, all of the restaurants there have special discounts for people who are attending Dragon Con. It's insane. That's badass. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. I've Again, I've heard of it before, but I didn't know it was that big. The, but, but then in my, def, like, in my defense, I've only been to Comic Palooza. Here okay. in Houston, which is a big one, it's like it's I think it's it's, a, it's like the biggest one here in uh, in the South or whatever, as far as like comic. It's it's cons. the big, it's the biggest one in in Houston for sure, and um, I'm not sure if it eclipses some of the the Dallas Fan Days stuff because they have fuck some Dallas. Ones. How dare you even say I that know, around right? here? I know. See, I say those things. Just kidding. If you're a Dallas fan, but, we love you. But Funimation is in <laughs> Dallas. Really. Oh my god, not really. <laughs> But like there, there are a ton of really good ones and really big ones. Um, Comic Palooza is really big. Dragon Con's another another level. Okay. Like absolutely. Now you kind of got me hyped to to do that. I, I no, wa- you're gonna want to look. I want to go to like Comic Con, like the Comic Con. I want to go to like you know San Diego Comic Con. So the one thing about San Diego Comic Con that I will address is that mostly the only people that get in now are people who work in the industry. No shit. So the funny thing is, I actually I applied for uh, tickets and they were like, "You're good." And yeah. then me and my boys were like. Oh, we can't go. Well, I was like, well, fuck. I was like, y'all are literally the only people that I could go with. And right. not even the guys that I podcast with because some of them have kids like weirdos. Kid. But these other guys were like, yeah, let's totally do it. Totally do it. And then once like, you know, once it was coming down it, to the wire, out. they were like, no, yeah, we're not going to do this. I was like, cool, cool, cool. I was like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to give these tickets up then. So, but yeah, but I really wanted to go. Um Sad that we didn't. Um, but definitely look into so Dragon Con. It's so huge. It's okay. so huge. Yeah. Um, you realize I'm going to you... find like my wife at one of these things, right? Like, uh, no, I, whatever. More than I likely. Mean, you, you do you, boo-boo. <laughs> like... Trey, I bet you would really like Gen Con. Sounds like a, like a Gundam Con. Right? <laughs> but it, it's not. It's a, it's a tabletop and board game. It has a ton of stuff. No, that... that... I'm shaking my head. No, that's not for me. No, it's a uh, yes for him. Yeah, that's it's a no right. for me. It's a yeah. I mean, so I used games. to work at a game store. That's cool. Um, my friend ran it. He went to he went to the school. What was this uh, game store called? Asgard Games. Oh, is that? I'm very familiar with Asgard Games. Is that, is that where uh, Brian got kicked no, out? No, oh, okay, 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 okay. No, no, no. Asgard Games was uh, it's closer into town. It's that's like Rice. It's uh, no, no, that's Shepherd. Shepherd. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So the yeah. originally person, the person who originally like you know started the store, I was really good friends with him. I'm really good friends with him. Um, and he. What's uh, his name? His name is Will Pagani. Will Pagani, shout out. Shout out Will Cavani. Uh, Will oh, Pagani, and he's yeah. known as on Twitter as a uh, at your circle jerk because uh, he Perfect. played a lot of War Machine and he played a lot of Circle, which was a genre, and mm-hmm. he was known as your circle jerk. And for a long time, he was known as like one of the, you know. Best Leader. circle jerkles. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he was known for a very long time for that. Now, like Tom Guan has kind of taken that title. That's Damn awesome, it, Tom. Uh, <laughs> but he now works uh, in tabletop gaming. Uh, he lives in Seattle and does all that stuff. But like he he talks about Gen Con and the stories that. Okay, so, I don't know if you guys know, but if you're not a nerd. Nerds party like nobody else. They don't have a stop button. If you did not know, because it's 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 let them out exactly. It's it's can't reel them back in. It's it's thirty six years of not partying and then being like, wait, yes, wait, this is allowed. No, like (laughs) uh the time like I don't even want to drink alcohol anymore blackout was because i was partying with these nerds wait how many times have you blacked out i have blacked out probably five or six times today (laughs) i'm just kidding today absolutely today i have blacked out probably five or six times over my life and it's usually with these damn nerds nice because that's fucking awesome Well, no you just they're the party doesn't stop you're having a good time you're around Um, people that are you're on the same wavelength as them like i totally get it the best part is see that's why i black out around you guys is for that reason i I almost blacked out at dragon con but uh i remember all the stories from that Mm. (laughs) this is a a new case of beer being opened Mm, new case i don't know if you this is also super imported beer, so it's also coronavirus free. Because it's double wrapped. It's double wrapped. So, so there's the cardboard case you open that you but normally get to your beer. But then there's but then there's one more layer of plastic wrap that you get to. And for your enjoyment. Nice. Imperial. That's what we're drinking tonight. Sponsored. Sponsored by Imperial Beer. Sponsored by Imperial Beer. Yeah. Imperial Cerveza. Since 1924. Ooh. She's so good at it. It's like she does it professionally, y'all. What? No. I was actually looking for Barely. a date. Like, maybe she read the date off of it, but I was like... It's, a, it's on oh, the case. It? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I was like, did she just guess? La cerveza de Costa Rica. Ooh. Look at that. Miss Miss Garcia would be proud. Miss Garcia um, would be proud. Shout out, Miss Garcia. Let's get to know Meg a little bit, right? <laughs> um, I feel like, Trey, you have... I have... Tell I me. One, I have one more. Get okay, me. before we get to know Meg on a personal Tell basis. Me. What, and I wanted to ask this before the con thing, but I was really interested about the oh, con no. thing. What character do you have the most fans from? Oh. Maybe not what you're best known for, mm-hmm. but who did you pick up the, like, the biggest or have received the most? Okay, so in Japan, Girls and Ponzer is the biggest one I... 
uh, Miho Nishizumi is the biggest character I've played so far. Because in Japan, Girls and Ponzer is huge. Okay. When I went to Japan, uh, Girls and Ponzer had just come out. I walked into the city and there was billboards with the character I played. Like, up. That's and pretty dope. I... I just stood and stared and Vet was like, Meg, are you okay? And I'm just like standing here with like my eyes watering. Like I had no idea. I did not realize how big it was in Japan because in America, it's not nearly as big. But in Japan, it was absolutely huge. Like I walked past a pachinko parlor and they had a whole floor like dedicated to like girls and ponzer that like that was like the theme of the week or whatever it was. It, It was... When I realized how big it was, I was shocked. I went into like the anime stores and they'd have full displays of just girls and Ponzer. Like just girls and Ponzer. And I I, I didn't know what to do with myself because I was like, I don't know. Like, what do you do? Like I didn't know that it was a big deal. Um, so when I talked to anybody in Japan and they asked me like, you know, what I did, like the first thing that, you know, came yeah. to mind. Hey, you know that really well, hey, big hey, ass hey, billboard out there? I there? am the voice actress, the American dub of that. What up? They're like, holy shit. No, like, so I went to. Um, also, they're like, you're American. I've never seen one of y'all before. Take a picture. <laughs> so Sundays in Yoyogi Park at around like, you know, 1.30 p.m., the greasers start to show up. And I'm talking like, you know. Legit greasers. Pompadours, like leather jackets. And they dance, and they don't really talk to the Americans that much. But I knew because they're like, they're those are real greasers. Don't talk to them. Well, no, like they (laughs) they consider themselves like they're super insular, and they don't like to talk to anybody. And I knew that they were greasers seventy years ago. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fuck, literally. So, like, it was really interesting. John Travolta's a god. Yeah, no, like, and they would play all, like, 50s music. They played Elvis mm-hmm. Presley. Like, you know, it was it was very interesting. And, like, I knew that they were going to be there. And I'm really into, like, you know, like, a rockabilly aspect. I really enjoy that. And I, I just enjoy the music, really. Uh, so when I went, like, I knew it was going to be there. So, like, I brought a dress for it. Like, because I, I knew. So I went out there. I brought a dress for it. And like you know, was it white? No, it was. Uh, Damn it! It was red, and it Ooh. had. Or no, it was. It was black, and it had little red hearts, and it was polka dotted, and it was a halter dress. So it was like one of those traditional like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went and uh, I walked over there, and they had just started to arrive, and one of them looked over at me and like noticed me, and like looked at me because I was wearing what they would wear but I wasn't Asian. So like I caught a couple of their eyes. Um, and then this one woman eventually walked up to me and she, she you know. Was um, like, hi. She, yeah, she didn't speak that much English, but like I'm friends with her on Facebook. We, you know. No, get out, nice. Yeah, talked to her and she was like, oh, what do you do? And like, and I was like, oh, um, and my friend Vet, I know in a time of cosplay, all roads cosplay, she translated and she was like, you know, she's she's a voice actress. Um, you know, she, she's in a, she does series and stuff like that. And so they're like, oh, what have you been in? And I pulled up Girls and Ponzer and like, they freaked out. They <laughs> lost it. And this was like maybe the third instance of me ever bringing it up to anybody in Japan. And I had no idea how big it was. That's cool. They were shocked and like so excited. And so I messaged, I messaged Jack. Yo, Jack, these, these 
you know, the greasers in Yo-Yogi Park are like wanting to take pictures of me and stuff. And he messaged me back and he goes, they don't take pictures with anybody. No shit. And I was like, what? And he was like, are you dressed up or something? And I was like, yeah, I'm dressed up. I also told him that I was like a voice actress. And he was like, oh, yep. Okay. He's like, that makes sense. <laughs> He's like, like yep. that checks out. But no, he. it's very much one of those like they, they do their own thing. Like they know people come to watch them, but they don't interact with them that much. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those situations where they were like, they don't take pictures with people, Meg. Like, are you in a fucking gang now? Like, are you a, in a greaser gang now? You know, a Japanese greaser gang? When I went to Japan with Vet, the one thing that we talked be about... In a gang. Be in a fucking greaser gang. Oh a Japanese a Japanese greaser gang. Now, that's so specific. It's a very niche gang. That's, that's <laughs> a niche. Like, if you're going to choose a gang... That'd be the one. I'd, I'd fuck with that gang. I'd fuck with that gang. But sure. I would say, in Japan for sure, Miho Nishizumi is the big one. In America, the stuff that I've been in that is the biggest was like, you know, I'm in Dr. Stone, but I'm a very, very minor can- character. Um, That's like the most recent one that's been like really big. But I would say probably the one that I'm known most for is at this point Rika because that series has been on Netflix for a couple months now. Mm. So uh, anybody who hasn't seen it, like it came out and- Who is Rika? What is Rika? Please explain. Rika Takanashi from Love Chinibi on Other Delusions. Oh, there we go. That's the one that that really uh, pops up a lot. People ask me about her a lot. They also ask a lot about uh, Miho, obviously. And then oddly, they they ask me a lot about uh, Harumi. They asked me about Harumi from Citrus. And I'm going to show you guys the, the clips of it side by side so y'all can see what I'm talking about in, the, in regards to the sub versus dub thing. Because you're going to be uncomfortable in one and you're going to be like, oh, in the other. Oh, yeah. I see what they did there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a weird situation. Yeah, I would say probably Rika's the biggest. She's had two series, three movies. But that's the biggest one in America. That one's the most, I would say that one's the most beloved. That one, and then also Harumi from Citrus, because that one's such a, like, a lot of LGBTQ people watched it, and that's one of the ones that I really promote, because I am really so for all LGBT titles being dubbed, because for so long they were ignored. For so long they were ignored, and they're now being treated with the respect they deserve, Rather yeah. than, oh, this is just a Yuri show or this is just a Yowie show. And I feel like people are actually being like, no, this show is going to mean something to somebody. I want this to be done right. And David Wald has been doing an amazing job at that. He's been really at the helm of making sure the LGBT um, titles have been really taken care of. And I, I just think that's, the, that's amazing. Shout out to David Wald. What? Shout out. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So, Trey, that, uh, does that wrap up your questions? Anything um, else? Brian, what do you think? Oh, that's what I thought, Brian. Fuck you, Brian. Fuck you. That's staying in, motherfucker. I don't know you, Brian, but fuck you. <laughs> oh, one more. Before Ooh, we the D&D Harry... one? No, one more before we get into Harry Potter, because that's fine. Uh, <laughs> who is your favorite voice actor? She said it already. She did? She did. She's of mentioned all, it several times. It's uh, time. Bulma. Of, no, of all time. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair or enough. currently working. And I... Now, she said utmost respect. I That's have a fair. lot of respect for so many actors in the community, like, you know, Steve Blum. Who's your favorite? You know, Who Joe is your DiMaggio. idol? My idol... And it doesn't have to be... Is it Kevin Conroy is basically what Trey is asking? I Actually, think, I would say... Uh, I Mark Hamill? I would 100% cry if I met Mark. God, Hamill. that'd be awesome. So I, mean, I, too, I have met. I would too. <laughs> I met. Uh, it's because he's Luke Skywalker. Just kidding. 
So old man Luke sucks dick. Young uh, Luke is a whiny little bitch. Get out of here with that. But he's better. Can we talk about how Mark Hamill is the Joker and he's also Lord Ozai in, Fa- yes. in Avatar: The Last Airbender? Yes. No. So we haven't even fucking touched on the topic of Avatar: The Last Airbender, oh, which is oh strange. Gosh. No, we have to leave it. Oh. It's, it's not nostalgia though. I absolutely. Bitch, so that shit is like Baldwin. years old now. I know it's Greg Baldwin, the guy who plays Iroh. I have no. a signed copy copy in my house. The director, so the entertainment director at the Texas Renaissance Festival, his brother is Greg Baldwin, the guy who took over for Mako after he, after passed, he away passed away yeah. in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Wow. So I'm excited for the live action coming out, by the way. No, 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 Greg but, but, but uh, we're, we're getting sidetracked. Finish, finish, answer Trey's question. Okay, so I really think I would lose my mind if I, I met Mark Hamill, not just because he's an amazing voice actor, but because he's an amazing actor as well. He's a good human being. Yeah. And, and he's a big nerd too. No, he just does, does coolest shit for people. He really does. Like, because he's so just cool a good human. Yeah. He's he's yeah. almost Keanu Reeves status. I would say he's... I say he's more. No, Keanu Reeves was stuck on a fucking like well, got stranded on a flight. He's like, hey everybody, uh, y'all want to fucking rent a car a fucking, together? A car together? Yeah, Ooh, let's go. Like, no, that's cool. So Keanu, I would one hundred percent want to go out for a beer with Keanu. I would want to hang out with Keanu. I would tell him that Keanu. I'd be like, hey Keanu, I just want you to know that when you did the uh, made-for-TV movie Babes in Toyland and you played Jack. And Drew Barrymore was the lead girl that uh, you, I had a huge crush on you. I literally have Babes in Toyland on my phone <laughs> right now with Keanu Reeves right, on right it. Now. And right I absolutely, now. I absolutely adore Keanu Reeves because I think he's a wonderful person. I think he's a genuine person. And I think But he's you're a, fucking building up that you would prefer to meet Mark Hamill over I him. absolutely wow. love That's fair. Keanu That's fair. Reeves. And I respect his acting career, but Mark Hamill is my idol. Touche. Cool. He's one well, of my go. idols. I, and there if you we're go. talking about like actors and idols in general, let me just let me just lay lay this down for you. Right, right. Okay, so so Steve Blum and Joe DiMaggio are wonderful, wonderful voice actors. Yeah. I absolutely adore them. Uh Kyler Bear. Like, you know, there's there's a number of really great, wonderful voice actors out there. Um, the reason I pick out Mark Hamill is because I was always really big into Star Wars. I loved Batman the Animated Series. Who didn't? I loved Who Avatar didn't? The Last Airbender. Yep. Almost everything that Mark Hamill has touched, I have adored. So that's why he means so much to me. Um, but I think one of the other things that I have to note is that I have always had an affinity for people who were classically trained as actors. Case in point, do you remember when... Uh, the Mask of Zorro came out. Why are you directing that question at me? Because Meg, we, we were six together. Is it because together. I'm brown? Yeah. No, it's because we How were six years you? old together. How dare you? Of course I remember it, goddammit, but continue. <laughs> okay, so I remember the the trailer was on TV. And I'm sitting there and I'm sighing. And my mom goes, oh, do you like Antonio Banderas? And I said, no, Anthony Hopkins. So, <laughs> at a young age, I really liked, like, actors. Like, Antonio Banderas yeah. is a great actor, but, like, Anthony Hopkins... It's Anthony Hopkins. It's motherfucking is, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony fucking Hopkins. Like, if yeah. I ever got to meet Anthony Hopkins, I, I would just die. I would die. They'd be like, you can meet him, and I'd be like, well, nope, I'm dying right here on the floor. That's it. That's all that's going to happen right now. I, I, I'm just going to sob. And cry until I hyperventilate. Like, that's it. If you ever want to have a conversation with Antonio Banderas, 
just call me. I'll put you on with my dad, yeah, and it's pretty much the fucking same thing. <laughs> I knew that where that was going. My dad literally sounds like motherfucking Antonio Banderas. He's like, hey, baby, how are you doing today? Do you want some more wine? Yeah, that's actually the question he will ask. He won't ask you that question, no, actually. No, no, he will no, just no. pour you more wine. No, but it's Love you, dad. It's shout out. It's yeah. from, no, it's a, it's a shout from across. Uh, it's a whisper from across the room. Do you want some more wine? Yeah. No answer? He's like, that means he that wants was, more wine. Yes. More wine for you. Oh, do you like the pupusa? Yes, he's so good. He's so yes. good. So I fucking love my dad. He's the best. Uh, I love your dad, too, because I'm always drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's just uh, I've always really had an affinity for classically trained actors. So, like, Gary Oldman, I have oh, I have such a hard-on for. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. A nerd-on for. Yeah. So, are you the nerd-ons? You need to comment below. There actually is a podcast called The Nerd On. Um, oh, they're they're no, pretty we good. We can't do that. We can't do that. Can't sure do that. we can. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Nerdlets. Uh, I still like Nerd Holes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, nerd Holes is actually really good. So I think classically trained, cool, Mark Hamill, great choice. I have no... Do you want to know my lady crush? Go for it. I adore Helen and Bottom Carter with a passion. Who well, is she? Who doesn't? I, Whoa! Guys, I'm... Whoa! Tricks of Strange. Holy shit. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, 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 yes. yes Chick yes. from Fight Club. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. I am horrible. Oh no, he's the worst with names. I, uh, I am horrible so with names. I adore her. So like, Brian... Oh, God, I love Brian... Him. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, Brian's not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who? Back and forth with the names. And, and I, I think that I've talked about this with you... And I'm not sure. I know. I don't think I brought it up on the podcast before. But we used to play. I, I waited tables all through college, mm-hmm. bartending and stuff. And so I played a game, or we played a game, I should say, where it was fuck with Irvin as much as possible to well, get that, him as mad as possible. That's a good. That's, that's a that's good that's game. A game. Uh, I never played away, that like, game. I'm the champion. But, you know, two two to six episodes. I was like, hold on here. There's something going on. There's something going on. Um, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so where it's the game is you name either a movie mm-hmm. or an actor okay and then the next person in that line so you can have as many people as you want right it's usually pretty good between mm-hmm. like four and six the person that names an actor then has to name a the next person in line has to name a movie that that actor, actor was, was in. in and then the next person has to name an another, actor from the movie okay and, yeah, no, I love that game. And so it really makes you realize and learn who like actors' names and things right. like that. Because yeah. there's so many times it's like, well, I, I feel like if you if you face. bring up if you bring up Johnny Depp and Helen Bottom Carter, you're just gonna keep going back and forth well, of so like Tim Burton movies. So no repeats. Oh, and that's where it gets tough. Uh, so like one of our um, you know friends at home play along. Uh, one of our like starting. Movies was always Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fucking in it, and it, and then we got really specific. So like it would be like Pirates of the Caribbean at like World's End or something. Ooh. And then uh, Lord of the Rings. That was a good one because oh so yeah, there are it. so many like blockbuster actors. But I that. played this game mm-hmm. before Avengers, Ooh. and so like Avengers would be a great starting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because then you can just. You, know, you can go all over the place with right, that. Right. And uh, so anyway, I'm good at actors' names. And I, I say I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty decent. Urban is absolute dog shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, as far as like 
voice actors go, and I, I wouldn't say he's classically trained, he's just a classic, is Mel Blanc. Mm, yes. And, and so, like, and, and it doesn't, you know, have anything to do with the anime genre because he was right. before all that and everything, but it was... I just think it's so amazing that Mark Hamill was able to pull himself out of the Luke Skywalker hole. Like, because the thing is, is like, it's the same thing that like Daniel Radcliffe had to face and the same thing Elijah Wood had to deal with. When you're in a big blockbuster film and you are this character. And a trilogy at that. Right. And I feel like Daniel Radcliffe had it one of... Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Emma Watson. Get a wizard now, Hedy. Yeah, they really had it the hardest because they weren't just in a trilogy. No, they were no. in an eight, eight movie. movies. Eight movies. Worldwide. Do you, do you think movies. they were ready for eight movies, though? Like, I don't think the studios was like... I don't 11, think 12, wow. No, 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 no. There I'm saying the studios. Kids that are I don't really think the studios were planning the studios for ready. eight movies. They were like, holy fuck, this they is were, balls deep amazing. They were like, oh, maybe we can do seven movies because they're going to be seven books, but... I, at the end it, of the day, we'll at least have two movies and five that go direct to TV. Well, no, because the thing is, it's the same thing that they do with any any series. Like they tried it with uh, Percy Jackson. Like you know, they they give oh, it a shot. What a yeah. failure! Um, and they tried it with the, those books. They tried it with the Divergent series. Oh, Alexandra Daddario. They 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 tried they tried it with the the Divergent series and the Hunger Games did better. What a terrible like, movie series, the Divergent series. Yeah, those it, are bad. Well, the, it didn't translate. Like, it, the it, books were better. Right there, there comes. I don't think they realized that Harry Potter was gonna one hundred percent be. I mean, I don't think that they knew that they were gonna be able to make eight movies. I, don't I think, think so. they thought I think, seven movies, but no, then they no, realized no. that the seventh book they had to break. No, it no. I think I think no, no, legitimately. No, 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 I think they bro. came like, in like going like we might we might be able to do like two or three movies mm-hmm. and then that'll stop. And they were like, no, 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 no. The we fact got, that we got all the full, of those the went list. to, they were all theatrical releases, says something. Yeah. Right. 100%. Okay. Easy. And then I think, yeah, the, the only other one that's like, done it as well, and, and it has, okay, these two have followed the same formula, mm-hmm. is Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. The best. And then Harry Potter. Now, Harry Potter, the source material... It was was longer movies, right? Mm-hmm. It was longer in movies. Um, I don't know about page count. We'll have to look right. at that. But yeah. Lord of the Rings, you've got the original trilogy, which is not the original trilogy, but right. whatever. We'll we'll go with that. But then they were like, it's... "Holy fuck, we made so much money! Let's make three movies of movies of the Hobbit I mean, and the, add in content." The smallest book in the, the yeah. Oh. Anyway. Well, like, my Hobbit main movie. thing was I was like, The Hobbit should have been, like, one, maybe two movies. Yeah. I feel like two was was a strong choice. One. I feel like three would have been too much. One three-hour movie, you'd have covered it, you'd have fucking done it justice, like, it'd have been perfect. No, it was... It but was they were like, we're gonna make a series about this. Everything Bullshit. Like that. Casting for The Hobbit. Was Lord of the Rings bu- movies, oh, yeah. by the way. Martin Freeman oh. nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. Nailed perfect. it. Oh, yeah. my God. There was a lot of great things about yeah. The first Actually, the first one, the first one's not bad. Yeah. But then you. you but then it's just a fucking steep decline. So the the thing is, is my dad, and there's a running joke in my family. Dad, dad, you better be fucking listening to this podcast. Jay. I know you are, Jay. Uh, We're gonna go get some fucking tacos and yeah. with the green sauce, motherfucker. Yeah, tacos with the green sauce. I'm coming too. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you that. Story. It'll be great. Yeah, we'll tell you. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> we'll tell you that. Story. 
But uh, we were at our lake house. The Fellowship of the Ring had just come out on collector's edition. Oh, was it like the extended releases and stuff? Extended releases. Hell yes. In like the like faux leather bound. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was awesome, right? And so we brought it to the lake house and the lake house didn't have like actual television. It was just we had a TV and and a DVD player. Oh, cool. So we plug it in and he had not seen it at that point in time. And so we were watching, watching the movie and like he, he's kind of digging it, you know, and you know Jay, like yeah, not, yeah, that's he, not his, that's not his, that's not his cup of tea, yeah. but he was he was giving it a whirl and he, he was kind of digging it, cool. And the movie ends and we're like, yeah, hey, what you you know what'd you think? And he was like, wait, they don't get the ring back. I was like, Dad, there's two more movies, bro. And he's like, oh fuck this, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I just watched a three-hour movie. I'm not watching six more hours. Director's cut. Oh yeah. It was. It was everything. Oh, so it was like a five-hour movie. No, no, it was. It was just a full three. I just think Martin Freeman was the best casting for Bilbo Baggins that they have ever. Like that was so solid. Like him saying "Good morning." I've never had such a mood resonate in my soul when Gandalf walks up and he just goes good morning like <laughs> hi yeah. why are you standing no. in my yard like can <laughs> yeah. you leave Freeman's a badass like I like oh. him. so Sherlock just okay my 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 movie mood and and Trey and Trey will be able Cumberbund to uh, Bandersnatch attest to this I okay I'll, I'll, I'll lead into that afterwards going and watching and before you say anything, Batman versus Superman. I went in and uh, I'm I, I'm a DC fanboy, okay, through and through. The Flash is the greatest superhero ever, aside from maybe the Silver okay. Surfer. So, but so for you, the mood was um, the what's what's the actor's name in the Hobbit? Oh, uh, Martin Freeman. Sets the mood perfectly for Bilbo Baggins. Okay, so a similar mood for me, and you were just like, "Ooh, you were, you were, you were smitten to an extent, right?" Oh, absolutely. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) And so I already knew you were gonna go there. So first of all, Ben Affleck is arguably the best Batman ever. Very, Very arguably. (laughs) <laughs> There's a fucking high. I hey can guys, argue Robert Pattinson, my dudes, get the fuck out of here with Bruh. your goddamn hey, no, no, no. glistening no, 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 diamond no, 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 no. motherfucking. Don't, ass. Do not hold his acting up to that standard because he has been in a ton yes, of things yes, and yes, he has yes, been yes, yes, absolutely yeah, yeah. amazing. But I will very, always very, look at him as Edward fucking Cullen. I will not. I he will always be Cedric Diggory to me. Absolutely. Really, one. If 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 you could bring one person back. Um, it wouldn't be Cedric Har- Diggory. Hold on. In the Harry Potter universe, who would you bring back? Are you kidding me? That's- I have no master. I am a free... So you would bring back Dobby? Obviously. Okay, what about you? Controversial choice, but... <laughs> no, the thing is, is that Dobby... This, and this is my justification. Uh, he died... Um, doing, like, like, the greatest thing. Like, he died a hero's death, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he he had lived a for the last what four years or whatever it was between. Right. He had lived a pretty good life and then had advanced like mm-hmm. elfish welfare. 
and then died saving his friends. So, like, he died a hero's death. Um, while absolutely awful that he had to die, it's, I think leaving that be is a good thing. Turning the tide, though, and changing everything um, would have been, I would say, like, Lily or James. Mm-hmm. But going back further... What was Sirius's brother's name? Regulus. Regulus Black. If you keep Regulus alive mm-hmm. to better understand, like, where the power dwelt. Right. And because he had that change mm-hmm. of... I think that was an important story that never got delved into, and I was very sad that it never got fully explained. Right. And fully um, fleshed out, right. Exactly. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things that if I were to bring back anybody, the only one who didn't know what he was in for was Cedric Diggory. Like he thought he would die because of the Triwizard Tournament, but which is Voldemort I mean that's the would not which is which is now non-canon. I think it's been said as non-canon, which is the mm-hmm. um, Cursed Child like, right series, right? And that was the the whole premise of the Cursed Child is mm. to bring back Cedric. Yeah, because he didn't know what he was getting into. Spoiler. Too late for that. Yeah. He really he really didn't know what he was getting into in regards to that because the thing is is at the end of the day like, you know, he he thought he would lose it to the tournament, but he didn't lose it to the tournament. He learned he he lost his life because of inter because of interference with with the dark lord. And I do think it's very important to acknowledge that like everybody else in the series who passed away knew that they were fighting for a greater cause, right. and Cedric Dig- Diggory was just a casualty. Just 100%. Well, Sucks to be like, you, perfect human being, up until this one point oh, at please. the age he's of 17. He's not perfect, and it explains it in the book that he's not perfect. Right. I, see, I didn't read the book. It's, I, it's I'm not based until, off the movie, so. It's not until Harry tells Cedric about the dragons that Cedric realizes Harry's an upstanding dude. He didn't ask for this and nobody should be telling Harry that he should die in this, these tasks and like, because Cedric should win, you know? And that's why Cedric tells everybody to back off the Potter stinks buttons that Draco Malfoy made. And the fact that Cedric figures out the mermaid's clue and goes to Harry and tries to tell him what to do. I think that, shows how great Hufflepuffs were. Sounds like okay, okay, okay. Ew. All right, hang on. I'm gonna this was okay, on okay, okay. This was on. This was on our. Yo, I'm a Harry Potter fanatic. Let's right. lay into this really quick. I have been to every single Universal Studios Harry, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I've been to Orlando. I've been to Osaka, and I have been to L.A. I have been to all three versions of the Ollivander Shop. I know which ones have. Which people, I know how they switch people out. I've been to Harry Potter World a lot. Before we get into this, okay. you're, 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 you're going to guess both of our um, both of our houses. And our real ones, not the ones that you made up. Yes, no, no, it wasn't a made up one. It's what your wife's is, so she can guess your wife's too. Okay, she can guess it. But my, my, the, the whole reason we got onto this topic was uh, the mood. I'm going to finish the story. My mood was uh, in Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. All my college life, and Trey can attest to this, I was uh, I was very much into blonde-haired, light-colored-eyed girls. Like the, like that just was what attracted me. When I went to go watch Batman versus Superman, and I saw Ga- Gal Gadot's uh, oh. Wonder Woman, I was like, 
I literally go, huh, I guess I'm into brunettes again. I shit you not. I swear to God. She's so that, that That was literally my train of thought. I was like, huh, I am into brunettes uh, again. Whenever you mention Gal Gadot, I'm just like, ah. Uh, Gal Gadot, please. Gadot. It's Gal Gadot. Yeah, please. Please. Ah, she is the best. I love her. She's so good. But circumventing back, this was like a whole thing that I wanted to do was get to know Meg McDonald, get to know the voice actress, Absolutely. right? Like get to know you. So, so um, how about you guys so, give a guess at what my house is first? It's fucking Hufflepuff, Obs. What do you think? Maybe Ravenclaw? I, but uh, well, that was... Just that just was, her it's, reply? It's, it's because... Of, I'm going to stick with Hufflepuff. No, because... Okay, because she was she was hyped. He's fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. Because when I said what was Sirius's brother's name, and she said Regulus, like that, Ravenclaw. No. Nope. You slithering, slithering yep. son of a bitch. Yep. I was like, there's no way. I was like, okay. I was like, I could kind of see it. I was like, it's no. the ambition thing. Most actors that I've met are all Slytherin. They're either all Slytherin or all Hufflepuff. Okay. Actors that I know. It's it's the ambition thing. It's the ambition thing. So you've met or you've interacted with three people tonight. Mm-hmm. And Trey and myself. We're going to play a little game. You're going to guess each of our houses. I'm going to guess you're Gryffindor. What gave it away? I'm going to guess either you or your wife is a Hufflepuff. Really? Neither one of us is Hufflepuff. Are y'all both Ravenclaw? Neither one of us is Ravenclaw. <gasps> oh. She's probably Gryffindor. Nope. Is she Slytherin? <gasps> Bay. <laughs> Bay. <laughs> uh, you're a Gryffindor? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, he, but he puts me as Slytherin because he said I can't be too. So we were going to do like this whole thing like, mm-hmm. oh, anytime somebody from like says something right or something like 10 points. Gryffindor, right. ten points, Slytherin. But I was like, yeah. It's but, like uh, whose line is it? Anyway? Who's who? What, yeah. What's Brian? Uh, is he Hufflepuff? He's a Hufflepuff. Oh. Yeah. You know, is he's he a, a companion puff? He is a sweetheart and a half. Yes. So I have a number of Hufflepuff companion friends um, because all Slytherins need a companion Hufflepuff because they're all so broken. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that, motherfucker. That's true. That's it's, stay in there. It's 100% true. All Slytherins. Doesn't mean we don't love you don't any like less. Don't like to pretend. Like, all Slytherins like to pretend that we're all super hard and tough, but we need a Hufflepuff to cuddle us in the corner where nobody's looking. Like, that's it. That's just how it goes. So, okay. Fun. And different, but not crazy because we've, yeah, you've seen, I'm experience this mm-hmm. my own family um so I, I'm assuming you know your Patronus I do why do we have to go here why do we, we have, have to talk there? about this are you a yeah. salmon no. no or a trout I'm fucking worse than that <laughs> um, makes no goddamn sense let me see see but I still see I still think bird for me no no no, no for her Oh, oh, what her Patronus is. No, 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 no. no. I'm going complete opposite. Like, because she is a tiny human being, it's got to be something big. I'm going to go with, like, a fucking elk or a moose or something. No? Pine Martin. What the Uh, hell is a Pine Martin? It's It's like a ferret. It's like a ferret. Ah, okay, okay, okay. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Mine's a pine marten. Mine's not cool at all. One of my friends His... was trout or something, salmon or something, and they Brian's... were so pissed. Like a snake, right? Brian's was a fucking king oh, cobra. cobra. That's right. Oh, nice. We're like, no fucking way, Hufflepuff. And then he showed us. I was like, oh shit, you are a cobra. Like that's that's awesome. Cobra. I don't know what Anne's Patronus is. What's I'm yours? Sure. Mine. He has a pretty cool one. Is a deerhound. Oh, nice. What's yours? It's a swallow. Aww. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't don't knock on it's swallows. All right. They're pretty cool. Mm, like sure. just because. Well, no. I like, can fly. Yeah. Hey, do you know what swallows can do? Eat more than their weight a day. Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah, mm. man. They are little hungry, yeah. hungry hippos. Oh, good, good piece of knowledge. You make me feel one percent. I'm at one percent coolness so, as far as that pertains is concerned. Pine Martin always. When I hear Pine Martin, it always reminds me of historic materials, mm. and so I always think that's cool because I feel like uh, the author had like an affinity. Mm-hmm. For Pine Martin. Can we talk about how J.K. Rowling needs to shut the fuck up? That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. But again, and and this is something this is but, something you would know. This is something he knows though. Okay. It's it's for me when it comes to one spoilers, mm-hmm. meaning not necessarily even real spoilers, yeah. but like things that may end up happening. So theories and shit mm-hmm. like that. I won't read them. Mm-hmm. I won't make them. Mm-hmm. I won't even discuss them. Me too. No. No, not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. You're the worst. I really like I cannons. literally, I fucking go I so, so funny. deep down the so rabbit hole. So deep down the rabbit I'm hole. I'm like, let's like, what's going to happen. Fuck and you. Like, Sometimes I'm like so 100% you, right about that shit. That's why I don't know. listen to you. Because <laughs> you're right. <laughs> In like, my right, spare like, right. time... Uh, I look up really bad fan fiction and read them aloud to my friends. And That's I have fun. Harry Potter ones right here. Ooh. I will read them to you later. Uh, they might but, not be able to be allowed on the comp podcast because they're a little raunchy, ooh, but ooh, they are totally ooh. worth it. But, uh, First of all, Harry should have Harry should have been like piecing every single girl. Like so many girls looked his way too. Um, like the Indian chicks, I, the Asian chick. The, the 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 chick from uh the the academy uh the the floor the floor to Clore. sure Cho Chang that's the one and then Jenny who Weasley else? and then of course we end up at Jenny Weasley even though we all deep down in our heart of hearts know that Ron Weasley is just should not have ended up with fucking Hermione okay so I really think um J K actually JK, wrote she JK, wrote about it. JK has addressed this and she was like, going I fucked up. She was like, like she was like up. I was supposed I was going to kill off Ron, but I bent to my editor's pressure. Yeah. What? Don't kill him off. Just I don't mean, give him the girl. Kill him. Just well, no. look, look, look. It look, 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 look. No, 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 no. Because he li- she Nobody... literally could have given him uh the floor like I'm sorry. The like... fact that she killed one twin pisses me off. I was okay with that, but I it's wasn't fucked. because the thing is, is like in the fifth book, Molly Weasley runs into a boggart and it turns into uh, Ron being dead, you know, Percy being dead, Charlie being dead, you know, Bill being dead, the twins being dead. Because you want to know what? Not even in Molly Weasley's worst worst nightmare were the twins ever separated, and like 
I think that's something that should be acknowledged. Like separating twins fucking sucks. And I understand I why purpose, she killed them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really think that of Get rid of one. one of the trio should have died. No, I don't have it with me. I think, and a lot of it is, and and a lot of it comes down to just storytelling in general. With him, he's more. Uh, you didn't read the books, right? I did not. Okay, so you're gonna not be as nuanced in this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and and I'm on my like third or fourth reread with the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you're gonna have so many more because uh, the little one's so young. Quaid. Right? So oh yeah. Good. Well, this is this one is for Anne because she never read them. Oh really? Yeah, and so it's a great series. I'm on the fifth book, but I have one, two, three, and four in the illustrated editions okay so, so i know you don't like i don't i know you don't like theories um but there was this one theory that came out of the internet that really it gotta be true it, it shook it shook the entire fandom to its core because it was talking about what if the triwizard tournament um champion wasn't cedric diggory it was the guy that everybody was criticizing from slytherin because how much the books would have changed if Voldemort had killed a Slytherin and not a Hufflepuff. Because it would have separated the kids from the adults in that. Wait, but... Um... There, was a, there was a Slytherin who applied to be in the Triwizards Tournament, and in the book, they made a big deal about... So instead of it dude. being the... Uh... Instead of being Cedric Diggory, it would be... God, what was his name? Draco Malfoy 2.0. No, uh, I was, know, I know, I know. but was, but but uh, a Slytherin. They they were criticizing him for being bumbling and not being like the 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 brightest. But the thing is, is like if she had picked him as the champion, and it would have been him and Harry. Harry would have still told him about the dragons, and as much as people shit on Slytherins, they don't forget when somebody does them a solid. So he would have told him about. The mermaid stuff and if he had been killed by voldemort at the end the slytherins in the slytherin house would have turned against their parents they would have still listened to him but the seed would have been planted it would have have opened up more opportunity for slytherin to not just be degraded as the shit house like because okay. everybody assumes that i'm an evil person because i'm a slytherin no i have ambition you are. i have goals no but but it, but you are uh, no, i know i'm my, such a shit person my, my, Look at me. No, my thing my <laughs> thing is when you introduce when you like when you introduce time travel to a story mm-hmm. nothing's set absolutely time time, time jump time heist uh, so it's like <laughs> Like, yeah, JK can write what she wants as far as, okay, this is the ending. It's more of her Twitter shit that I can't handle. No, no, and, and I agree. And, and I want to say this in the, the most upright res- re- respect that I have. So many people have criticized me for loving uh, Orson Scott Card's writing, even though he's a Mormon who, like, hates gays. No, he's super crazy. He is super crazy. But he I is. I love Game. I absolutely adore Orson Scott Card's writing. Uh, whether it be the Alvin Journeyman series, yeah. the Beans segments of Ender's Game, like everything about Ender and that world, I absolutely adore. 
Um, if I were ever to get a tramp stamp, it would say the enemy's gate is down. Nice. Like, that's just it. That's just it. If I were ever to get a trans stamp, it would say the enemy's gate is down. Like, that's just it. I have a signed copy of Ender's Game. Yeah, that's signed. Oh, yes, baby. Ooh. I have that one, too. It's so Portrait. Good. For, for me. So good. I love it. Ender's Game, I read once a year. Yeah, that I, is, it's it's my favorite um, book. My um, my friend know. passed away actually, actually, before she borrowed it from me, and I actually sat at her grave and read it aloud. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's pretty it's crazy. One the, it's one of the ones that you can do, though. Right. No, I absolutely adore. I I adore Ender's Game, and like I finally feel like everybody who's ever shat on me for liking Orson Scott Card. I've been able to turn around and be like, you know, J.K. Rowling's a transphobe, suck a dick. Like, <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? Like, and they, like, my friends get mad at me for it. I was like, dude, you shat on me for years for liking Orson Scott Card. And, like, at the it's end of turn. the day, we can't say for certain if certain people were racist or not. But considering their time periods, they probably were. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and the fact that nobody's getting royalties is the only reason people aren't eating us. Like, that's that's pretty crazy. But I kind of feel like justified now because I'm all like, ha ha, now a writer you like is shitty. Like, stop shitting on me for liking a series. Just the times, really what it comes down to. In I 10 it. to 15 years, you know, fluidity and all that jazz will be... Uh, Probably more recognized and oh, more absolutely, involved in, absolutely. In, in writing. Here we go. I got something for you. Okay. Easy question. It's number one that I had sent to you. If you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? So I absolutely adore the idea of teleportation. Solid. Because Nightcrawler. Okay. Right. I one Nightcrawler is a beast, and I love him. Nightcrawler in X Men Two. Can we talk Fuck, about the opening so scene? So fucking. I good. lost my mind because I was in choir. I was in choir, and, then and they we learned. Shit on him in X3. We learned Diazire yeah. in choir, yeah. and then that movie came out, and I just lost my shit because I was like, I know that song. I know the soprano part. Yeah. Like I was so excited about it. Um, I was so pissed but when they I shit love, on the next I thing. love the idea of teleportation. I also love the idea of shape-shifting. So mm, that mystique. was... Mystique. Okay. Right, right. But it, I wouldn't necessarily use it to take on other human forms. I like the ideas of Patron... Uh, of, like, Animagus. Okay, like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, that's... Oh, what was that show back in the day? Animorphs. Animorphs. Animorphs nice. was really good. And yeah. Animorphs always... Animorphs addressed all of, like, the really, like, problematic stuff of the times yeah. without actually addressing them. And I oh, I could it. not tell you one episode about Animorphs. I don't oh remember it at goodness. all. No, like if you read the books, like uh, if you don't remember Tobias, he spent too much time as a hawk, so he was permanently transformed into a hawk for a while. Mm. And there was this huge issue with like him wanting to be human. Totally remember. Ooh. Animorphs. <laughs> Here it comes, Animorphs. I think I, think I still have that book yeah tobias like and i remember crying when tobias got stuck i remember being so upset for him because he tried so hard to get out of it there were so many of those types of books that i read i think animorphs really did animorphs was a good one it was it really was really it was really good there was another one and i cannot i will have to do like some serious research we'll have to dig i'm sure we'll dig from my spotty ass memory of this series but it's like 
Did you know all of Animorphs is online for free? Did not. Yeah, you Google okay. it. Like uh, it's like the books. Yeah, the, like all of the books. It's it might be on your website. I, I bet. I bet it is. I have so. Oh, my backlog is so ridiculous. Yeah. But like the thing is, is like if I get into something, there's no stopping me. Like. It's the ambition part of me. No, it's, it's all like, it's, wait, I was gonna read this. Fuck you, Animorphs. Like, it's the no, it's the it's the completionist in me mm. that it it's actually pretty shitty. We've we've talked about this before. I have not seen any of the John Wicks because of my completionist like mentality, which is don't watch like, anything until it's over. Well, that's reading. Okay. And I. That's why I never watched uh, Ride Wheel of Time or Wheel of Time. I have started it. I haven't started it yet because of that. I am in. People have told me to read Name of the Wind too, but I don't know if that one's finished yet. But I like. (laughs) I remember going to the bookstore before we were going on a trip, like overseas, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna grab two books." And that's what I'll take with me and have that for, like, air travel, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool, here's a Chuck Palahniuk book. Chuck Palahniuk never writes anything in a series. It's always just one-offs. Right. (laughs) Nope. I grabbed... uh, Not today. Not today. I grabbed... uh, See, that's why I would have guessed you were a, a Ravenclaw, because of the completionist stuff. It, it it makes sense. Why did you think I was a Gryffindor? That's so. That's so. Because I've known you since I was fucking <laughs> Cause you're, six, cause asshole. Because you're, you're mainstream, bro. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. Nice. Yeah. Um, no, I uh, I probably have more or just as many Ravenclaw tendencies as I do to Gryffindor tendencies. Mm-hmm. Ex- At the end of the day, the hat. The hat Will let you pick, yeah, like Harry. Like, he was like, right. Oh, you're fucking Slytherin. He's like, I want to be Gryffindor. He's like, All right, mother, go to Gryffindor. Uh, the thing is, is like, the, the big theory about that is that you only get into Gryffindor if you ask to be into Gryffindor because you have they're to they're the only ones that will, say, yeah, I want to be here. So, I yeah. think that my, oh. my, my, uh, my difference, uh, I, well, I mean, like, that sets me over the top. From, I've always uh, been sorted into it. That's just. Uh, I fucking love Gryffindors. I, it's the whole courage thing. The whole courage thing is like it's like a big it's, thing. It's not the courage. It's a leadership. It's it's a, it's, a, it's, it's. I don't the know. Loyalty for me, and which is even a Hufflepuff quality to an extent. Uh, it's also a Slytherin quality to an extent yeah. because look at, look at the, Slytherins the are super loyal to, to the evil. They're no, <laughs> you ass. <laughs> she's like she's like yeah. She's like no. Wait wait no. no there is a loyalty thing to it, but you have to think of it in regards to, um, like, family. Because that makes sense. it doesn't matter what your family has done. When you think done. of Slytherin and loyalty, you have to think of it in the mentality of, like, um, the Godfather mob mentality. Yes. You know, like, Dude, I'll fucking Godfather, kill you if you cross me. But we're family. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much like that. Um but yeah, so that's, that's why Hufflepuff is my my secondary house. That's that that was my initial guess. I was like, oh, that's a Hufflepuff. It's, it's my secondary house. Um, 
both me and Vet are Slytherin, secondary house Hufflepuff. Um, and so like I, as we've I, gotten I, older, I mean, both of us I'm basically have the opposite of that. Yeah. Like that spectrum. So I'm Gryffindor main, and then Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Second. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a, a secondary. Probably not. You're probably full, like, you You know you're, what? I'm you're, balls you're deep in the Gryffindor. Gryffindor. And then, like, secondary Filch. No, I think you would Filch. be secondary Slytherin. You fucking asshole. Because if you got pissed off enough and the direct route wasn't working, mm. you would slide mm. into a, a manipulative. So I think your secondary house would be Slytherin because if you were to go up against something and the direct route wasn't working, you would definitely shift to a manipulative route and make you absolutely Slytherin. That is my opinion on the matter. I mean, maybe probably right. No, absolutely so what, right. So what that means is that anytime you give any points to anybody and if they're Slytherin... No. I am Gryffindor. You 100% are secondary Slytherin. But I am Gryffindor. You are Gryffindor. There is no doubt about that. She literally guessed Gryffindor. Hold on. First of all, first of all, all, she did not guess Gryffindor for you. She's like, oh, she's like, wait. Oh, you look like no, a you look like a Hufflepuff. You know is what? what she said. I said either you or your wife are Hufflepuff, and he said no. And then I realized they had to be a Slytherin Gryffindor couple because that's the only route that has that much support in it. Bitch. That's fine. I <laughs> I am still one hundred percent Gryffindor. You are like, Gryffindor. You're our guest host. We know your house, Slytherin. Did not see that coming. Jedi or Sith? Okay, so I actually have a very complex answer to this. Um, In regards to the Star Wars universe, I know that if I were in it, I probably would not be a lightsaber using... I may be Force-sensitive, but I don't think that I would be either Jedi or Sith. Not even Grey Jedi. You're saying... you're, you're, You're taking yourself out of the game. You're saying... I'm not Jedi. I'm not Sith. I'm not even Grey Jedi. I am for. I would be Force sensitive, but I would probably be if I had anything, it would be a yellow saber. That's awesome. Um, no, I so absolutely. You would be... I don't think I would use a saber at all. I don't think that that's what. Well, be... well, okay. So a yellow saber to me is right. a Jedi Temple guard, right? Right. Well, that's where it originally comes from, and it's yeah. That's what it's supposed to symbolize, right? And but Ray, oh. Uh, Took up the mitt. Yeah, but she's not yellow. Yeah. But she is yellow. She's not Well, technically, technically she's fucking gray. Yes. But they didn't fucking come into the, like that conversation yeah. piece at all, which they totally should have, which they pissed me off. They will in The Mandalorian. They have to, because no, they saw won't. what no, no, no. Moff did. No. no, no. Mo- Are you kidding me? Hold on. First of all, we're not going to get into that right now. Mm. That's going to be a whole separate... The uh, dark saber, it's his own thing. I'm just letting you, you know. Do, you don't have to be a light, dark, and or force sensitive person to wield the dark no, saber. You can push a button. Exactly. Everybody and knows so, so and so, but fun fact: I have a baby Yoda dress. So y'all absolutely need to invite me back for the Mandalorian because I'm ready. One hundred percent. Absolutely. That's it. That's easy. Well, cool. well, let's, as long uh, as that has been addressed. I will say that if I was in the Star Wars universe, I don't think that I would necessarily be a Jedi or Sith. I think I would be Force-sensitive, 
but I would more likely be some sort of pilot or support measure throughout that. See, thank you. For, so look. This, just because I can't, you, just right, because I'm not a Jedi or a Sith doesn't make me any less of a threat to you. Boom. Like it. But but a Jedi can kill you super easily. But see you say that, but if the Jedi is so not completely balanced. Uh Obi Wan Jedi. Obi Wan is a different story. No 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 Obi Wan and a Qui Gon Jinn, like that level of Jedi. Like Okay. That's We're that's talking that's, Yoda levels, right? That's here. that's that's the space that I would hover in. Like I'm not gonna be Trey, you know me as you know me personally. Would I be a fucking one hundred percent rule follower? No, that's never been in my fucking nature. That's not who I am. Right. I'm gonna fucking float into that Qui Gon fucking like I'm gonna question it, and that's what they did. Yeah, and then you're gonna get sliced in half by Darth Maul. Like, no, I I get stabbed. uh, Actually, actually, what what did Obi Wan do? No, what I what I think. What I think Slice Darth Maul in the half, actually, but he survived. I so. think he's more he's more Exactly. I'm hovering uh, in that Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan. I that's that. that's the area I'm in. So the area that I'm in, I would consider in between Leia and Han, because they're both force sensitive, but Leia Han, Han's does not, not force sensitive. Han's not force sensitive. There's no way you make the kettle run All right. thirteen parsecs. Without he may be, but it's not canon yet. But it is not canon. But the thing is, is you can't make the kettle theoretical run six without being force sensitive. So I think actually more than you like trying to say that like you're a Qui Gon Jinn or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You're a Mace Windu. That's that makes sense. That's... Just because I'm brown. Is that no? Will you? Why you gotta do that? Because it's funny. Oh, it's true. It is funny. Because <laughs> you're white, you've been Affleck. <laughs> if you're white, you've been Affleck. Um, no, I think I think that you're like a Mace Windu. That's the that's what you're that's what you're like aiming for, which is like the coolest thing to aim for. So, I can't wait to discuss. Have you ever heard the, the, the conversation of Samuel L. Jackson and how he became a fucking? Yeah, I have to have a special lightsaber. So like, no, uh, they had asked him in an, er- inter- like, in an hey, interview before before hey, I'm fucking Samuel fucking L before fucking before one and three came out. Um, they had asked in an interview like, who would you want to work with? Like, what director you want to work with? Like, and they named out a couple. And he's like, no, work with uh, George Lucas. And they were like, really? He's like, yeah. And like a few months later, he got a call, and George Lucas was like, hey. Uh, let's have a conversation. He's like, yeah, let's let's try to find a role for you. And then so they did. And then he's like, I'll only do it if I can have a purple lightsaber. Yeah, he's like, because I don't want to be good. I don't want to be bad. That was his whole mindset, right? Blue is good. Red is bad. Also, he wanted to be able to easily point out himself. He Doesn't matter. He could say, I'm the only black guy in the Jackson. franchise. The entire fucking franchise. That's terrible. But It is. It really is terrible. The amount no, 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 no. Of, no. But now we have John Boyega. That's true. I love me some John Boyega. I, I actually like his character. I no, am, his character is I'm very to glad prove that you fucking been... wrong, he was force sensitive. That was the whole thing in the, in the, fi- yeah, in the final movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't say he wasn't. No, y'all. In one of the episodes, that was the whole thing. Like I was like, "Hey, this person's it's a force." Theory. Sensitive. That's why I hate theories. It's terrible. 
because I'm good at them, and I'm like, well, yo, bro. Well, the thing is, is also you have to remember the first episode where he had the lightsaber for like three seconds, and we were like, oh my god, what are you doing? Like, give that's it back to Ray. That's, so that's 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 what everybody's thought process was. Well, about. the thing was is, like, it's just Ray is that proficient in Force sense, like. But that's because of her uh, dyad or fucking whatever the fuck it's called uh sensitivity and so mary like, sue palpatine so, so so like she created a whatever it is a fucking duet a fucking dyad whatever it's called kylo had been so involved in the force at that point that she literally just inherited oh, all of his kylo. powers literally that's that this is canon this is canon motherfuckers look that shit up kylo ren just angsty so angsty like, but god damn it, he looks good without a fucking shirt on. He does look good without a shirt on. Yeah. But, like, like, shut the fuck like, up then. Good for oh him. Good for him, but like, <laughs> Kylo, calm the fuck down, man. Like, So, like, I understand Kylo has a lot of, like, you know, really, a lot of issues to sort out. But I think that Star Wars, you know, they really did well with the progression of Princess Leia to General Organa. Like, showing that you don't have to be a princess to lead the rebellion. And I thought that was a very important uh, nod that they did. No, it was super dope. It was super <clears throat> dope. Like, putting her in charge. Well, I say in charge of the rebellion. As, as, as right. a, no, as no, a no, leader yes. within the rebellion. Um, it's an important part. I it's, mean, it's super easy to see her as a character do mm-hmm. it, though. Like, yes. And I think that speaks a lot to Leia Organa as a character, but then also to right. Carrie Fisher as an actress. But it, it was like she was developed from the very get-go of the Spitfire. Right. Like, and so... We, we've talked about this. I feel like she's podcast. almost like the glue of everything. You know what I it, mean? That's very fair. Like, that's a very fair assessment. She keeps and, everything really together. And it's like when you have a franchise that has spanned as long as it has with mm-hmm. as many directors, with as many actors, with as many things, moving parts that it has been. Absolutely. It's super tough. Yeah. I mean, and, we're, and we usually talk about it, like, when we discuss it on the podcast mm-hmm. as, like, the plot holes and, mm-hmm. like, yeah. the devices, like, the plot devices and stuff that are used. Um, it's like, yeah, that was fucking dumb. Or that was cool. Things like that. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, at the, at the center of it, and, and I think... Like today's podcast is is really a like should be um, centered around like an actress or an actor actor's portrayal of a role, right? And and so like, a granted, you know, voice actress actor mm-hmm. brings a fictitious character alive in our minds Mm -hmm. right i've actually had instances at conventions where someone has brought me the manga 
of a series and been like, hey, I would really like to hear you voice this particular scene that wasn't addressed in the anime. It's actually after. And I've, I've actually done that for them. And it's, it's very interesting to see how people um, attach your voice to a character. Um, he actually gave me a copy of the manga that he wanted me to read from and asked me like, you know, if you're interested in this, please continue to read more. It's, it's absolutely, you know, wonderful in regards to, you know, the storytelling and it's, it's really important. And I know they didn't make a second season, but it, it, it would mean a lot to me if, you know, you, you continued it. And I said, you know, no, thank you. I accepted the um, manga that he gave me. I signed his copy, and I had him sign my copy. So I actually had something to remember. That's pretty by. cool. Um, and I think it's really important to have those interactions with um, fans because the fans are really what keep me going in this because the. The voiceover industry is a world of no's. You get told no every day, even if you're not actually told it. Every time I don't hear back from an audition, that means no. So when you hear somebody accepting your voice and what they want and them being excited for what you've done to a character or what you've performed, it just really brings out the best in the industry is what I believe because you get such a feeling of you know respect from the fan as well as a feeling from as a feeling of just supreme gratitude from the actor um, I know every actor that I've ever met has a story about a fan that has changed their life and all fans Please remember that no matter what you say, you could be that you could be that fan that continues an actor to keep going. Because at the end of the day, the people who are the loudest are the critics. The critics are always louder than the people who support you. And it sucks and it really hurts, but when you hear that fan who really believes in you and appreciates what you're doing, it erases all of that. And I think that's really important. Lame. Oh, of course. Really? <sighs> so lame. I know, but so, no, feelings okay, yeah, yeah, are yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. All, 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 all bullshit, a lot, uh, bullshit aside. Bullshittery aside? Bull-a-l-l-malarkey. What, um... I mean, what do you, what do you have to say? Like, is there anything? I mean, is there any like discussions that you want to have with us? Because, granted, you'll probably be coming back. So, a a a nice. Who the fuck agreed to that? I did. <laughs> okay, fair enough. This is your house. My house. My house. My rules. I saw them at Brian because he didn't show the fuck up. So. Oh, that is fuck that dude. Fuck Brian, man. Fuck that. What dude. is he doing? Uh, what is he doing? But no, <laughs> uh, is there any particular sign off that you want to do? Any particular character? Any particular voice? Or just anything you want to say? Oh, because um, obviously we thank you for being here 
and uh, 100% hanging out with us. And... Oh, absolutely. I have had a great time this entire evening. Um, if anybody would like to follow me on Twitter, I'm not that active, but I really try. It would be Margaret McD underscore VA. So M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-M-C-D underscore VA. Um, and that would be my Twitter handle. Uh, I actually respond fairly quickly to any um, responses that are given to me. Uh, please reach out. I love hearing from fans, and I absolutely would love to hear from any of you guys. Um, I also have a Facebook page on uh, Facebook, obviously, um, and it would be Margaret McDonald, voice actress. Uh, please go ahead and give me a follow. Message me if you want to talk to me about anything in particular. And if you have any particular questions, please message me. I will 100% respond. I need another drink. I'm out. Well, you heard Trey's drink clank and Brian's yawn. So you know it's time for us to head on out. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode. And remember... Stay nerdy, my friends.